brand new episode of the King Bailey podcast. A very special episode today, a three in one, three different conversations, one episode. Just finished speaking to Tahid about our thoughts and our takeaways from this weekend's NFL playoffs. So um, that, that was fun. That was a fun conversation. Sorry the Cowboys couldn't make it, bro. I apologize. The Giants ain't there either, so I feel for you. And then um, I spoke to Wilson. I called the Wilson, and uh, we spoke about our NBA All-Star predictions. And then last but not least, I have a conversation that I recorded with Snow about a month ago now. And it's just about you know him trusting his gut and taking the entrepreneur route, focusing on improving his craft as a barber and an artist instead of taking a traditional 9-to-5 route. I figured a lot of us would be able to to take away a lot from that conversation because we're living in a day and age where a lot of us young folk don't like the idea of working this nine to five thing, but I think it's important for us to realize that before you can become an entrepreneur, and of course everybody's situation is different, before you can become an entrepreneur, you gotta use that nine to five to fuel your passion. You gotta use that nine to five sort of as a stepping stone to take you on to entrepreneurship. So all of my people who are aspiring to be an entrepreneur in their own right, in their own light, excuse me, you'll be able to take something away from that conversation. And going forward, I definitely will have a lot more entrepreneurs and um, young business owners on the show to talk to us about that. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. You know the vibe. We spread the word. Tell everybody about it. I want everybody to send this episode to at least one friend. Send this episode to at least one friend. If you got a friend that likes football, I got something in there for you. If you got a friend that likes basketball, I got something in there for you. If you got a friend that just wants to hear a conversation about entrepreneurship, I got that in there for you as well, too. Make sure you subscribe to the King Melly Podcast. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on the Spotify app. I'm on Google Play. And follow me on SoundCloud as well, too. You can also follow me at underscore King Bentley on both Instagram and Twitter, underscore K-I-N-G-B-E-N-T-L-Y on both Instagram and Twitter for more upstate updates regarding the podcast and other content that I do have coming for this new year. Thank you in advance to everybody that listens. Thank you in advance to everybody that shares. It's the King Bentley Podcast. I live on the line right now, longtime friend of the show. Long time friend of the podcast, even though the podcast is about what, two weeks old? No, 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 King Bentley. <laughs> no, no, Ben and Tom. <laughs> you need some drops, bro. Tell you need some nah, drops. Nah, we gonna, we gonna work on the drops. Let me get to the drops. Second Let me get to the drops. Second best first things first, though. Before I forget, before, first things first. Mm-hmm. How, them, how about them cowboys? You know, you gonna go straight to that? Because I was, I would have forgotten. I'm not gonna front because I would, I did the, the shit from Saturday. I didn't see any of the Saturday. Honestly, night you should. So that would have slipped my mind. Should have called me Saturday. Up. I was more, I was more hurt Saturday. I was way more hurt Saturday. But I mean, I'm still hurt. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm still hurt. I'm still hurt. Still got Dak Prescott, Jason Garrett still my head coach, Scott Linehan <laughs> still my physical coordinator. Ain't nothing to be happy about. We got yo. What's the? I don't, I'm gonna keep it a stack. I don't. I don't know. You know. You know the vibe when it comes to me mm-hmm. in football. Right, that's it's, a fact. I'm a little slow. You've been, you've been watching though. Right, I've been I've been trying to keep up a little bit this year. What's the what's the issue with Dak? Dak seems like a valid quarterback for my eyes. With Dak Prescott, Dak sucks, bro. Like he just, <laughs> just sucks, bro. He just sucks, bro. What's, what's, he's, <laughs> he sucks. he's what a sucks good about playmaker, him? but in football, to be a great good quarterback, you really have to be accurate down the field. He's so inaccurate that our off he enters our offense so much that we don't even have plays so that he can throw it deep. 
Like you see, you turn to a football game, you see Drew Boo, Drew Drew Brees, Drew Brees dominating from like fifty yards. Michael Thomas running. No, we turn to the Dallas Cowboys game. That ain't happening. We running screens mm-hmm. and slant. And since that, I mean, but y'all, y'all got Zeke though, so we, we it's like y'all really Zeke. need somebody. We do have Zeke. We do have Zeke, but if, I don't know. You didn't watch Saturday? They shut Zeke down. Zeke was in the box. Mm. He went upstate, did a bit. He was six okay. nine. <laughs> <laughs> they put him in solitary confinement. I've never seen it, but. Actually, what we didn't actually lose because of Dak. That's the crazy part. We lost because our defense actually never showed. They did not show up the whole game. The defense. You know what's funny? I feel like I knew. I, I felt like I felt like you was gonna say that. Yeah. I knew. I, I felt like you were gonna blame it on the defense now, somehow. I, I, it is defense fault. But Dak Dak still was so trash that he really could have won. We only lost about eight, eight or six, one of them. Just. Yeah, it was it was it was an eight. It was an eight but point game. Just, I could have scored a touchdown and so two point conversion. So many throws, so many under throws. It's just it's just sickening, bro. It's just like. The fact that I really, this is my quarterback. That's going to be my quarterback for the next five years. Like, I have a pin. I pinned my tweet saying, I really got to spend my 20s watching Dak Prescott. That's crazy. Quarterback my football team, bro. Like I mean, that, that's that's better than watching Eli Manning. But you're not going to have years, Eli for the next five to seven. True. There's a contract extension coming this summer. I know Jerry Jones. Yo, you know what's crazy? When he did that tap dancing shit earlier in the season, that solidified him. <laughs> Real, no funny shit. When he when he came out, it was like, yo, uh-uh, I don't want anybody kneeling for the anthem or whatever, whatever. You're going to stand with the team. It was over. Like, yeah, that solidified that's, Jerry Jones is a very in-house type of guy. He, he really don't make no hires. He don't make no fires, which I don't know why he hasn't fired Jason Garrett. It's been 10 years. I was about to say, Jason Garrett's been there for and a little. Just, he, he nah, I understand why. He, I don't that's understand why he's little, there. That's his little son. That's his little man. But, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm mad, but I ain't really that mad because we had a good season. It's going to be tactical, but we could have won. Got an actual great quarterback, actual play calling. We don't take no risks. You watch Sean McVay and the Rams, and they're over here playing Madden. Right. I was about to say, Sean McVay and the Mans, they just out here. They just Every fourth down, whatever. every fourth down, they go for it. Going for it, right. We go fourth and one. We we had a fourth and one at the 50. At the 50, it's like, eh, you could probably go for it. We punted the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Sean Payton, he goes for it at the 30 and goes for a fake punt mm-hmm. <laughs> right down the middle. But it's just it's just different. It's just a play calling. It's just the aggressiveness. We don't got it. Two different it systems, it. right? It's it's it's. I've learned football. It's like everything's unpredictable. We stopped the best run, the best Russian offense last week at Seattle. This week we come in. We don't even lose to Todd Gurley. You know he had his yards. We lose to C.J. Anderson. Ridiculous. He's like just a big pole, a big bowler ball like that dude. <laughs> and listen, man. I mean, it sucks being a Cowboys fan. I'm not gonna lie. I low key feels like I, I was on Twitter and I saw a lot of threads like. Who's the NBA team of the Cowboys? Knicks. Yeah. It's the Knicks. Nah, dead ass. 100% the Knicks, bro. You know that. James Jones is never I selling saw. the team. He's going to constantly keep baiting. I'm going to keep it a stack, bro. Even though we about to have a top five pick, we might, we might fuck around and bait that. But it is what it is because we got Kevin Knox. So, y'all can keep Zion. Y'all can I keep RJ. Balling. Y'all can I keep Cam. We got Kevin Knox. So, I don't even care. Yeah, 30. Gave, I knew he was balling. And Ben couldn't stop him. We're not going we to touch on that, but Ben definitely could not I, stop that man. We, yeah, we're not, we're not going to touch on that, but I heard he did the hardest step back. Right. That's why I knew he was balling. Right. Fuck you. And they didn't call the travel. They did not call the travel, nigga. Because there's a, there's a light-skinned man in the Bay. He did the hardest step back. They, they called, called the travel. travel. He was being petty. Though. I mean, he nah, was Steph was being petty, though. Steph was, cl- he, nah, Steph was being petty, bro. He, he did that shit so that the refs could He's see a petty it. man. So that the refs could <laughs> He's a petty man. It's cool, but it's Kevin cool. Knox, dude, it's, he, he, can, he can ball. Just don't bait it. Right. Just don't bait it. But yeah, I don't really see us going anywhere. Our future is just—it's not bright. We got back Prescott. We have Ezekiel Elliott. We're gonna pay him. Jason Garrett's gonna get an extension, and we're just stuck. And it's no guarantee. It's no guarantee that uh, that Jason, that Jason Garrett. It's no guarantee that Ezekiel Elliott's gonna be able to stay out of trouble. Oh yeah, that 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 too. 
Not too. I forget about the whole on-field issues. With Dallas for Cowboys, we always have people with on-field issues, off-field issues. That's regular shit. Yeah, I just feel like I just feel like this is what it really feels like to be a Knicks fan. I mean, look, at least y'all won a playoff game. It's been a while that, since I actually did true. that. Like, but I've been in, going, in the grand scheme I've been of things, alive. this is I've a been alive for 22 season. years. I think they won three chips in the nineties, like as soon as I was born, and it was God was just like, Yeah, you're born, you're not seeing no more football championships or whatever. So they just won straight they won like three straight trips, so like three trips I some four years or something like that in the nineties. I was born, nothing. Two playoff games, the next twenty years. It was like, hey man. No funny shit, I don't really I don't yeah. even understand how you became a Cowboys fan living in New York. Um, yeah, a lot of people ask me that. That's actually my Twitter header now yeah, right yeah, now. Why people, are you a, there's why a Twitter header. My Twitter header is somebody asked me why are you a Cowboys fan. Um, Terrell Owens is my favorite football player of all time. So plausible. When he got to the Cowboys. It was just like that's when I really started watching football. Plausible. So yeah, I was just T.O. fan, and I just think I'm stuck through it. I'm like, oh, Des Bryant. I'm like, I right, ain't Tony Romo. And yeah, this this ain't it. This ain't it. Listen, so. enjoy that shit. But listen, I'll be living by I'll be living a similar lifestyle over here, uh, watching games from the garden. I want to talk I about. Mean, yeah. I want to talk about that Kansas City game though. Because I'm not gonna lie, that that like we I don't think we've ever seen anything like Patrick Mahomes in our lifetime. Boy, he's special. He's special. He's special. In, in, he's really, he's really, he's really special. I ain't gonna in, lie. in my opinion, I think he might he might be MVP this year. What do you think? Yeah, he, he's 100 percent getting MVP. There's no reason anybody else should get yeah. it. He's one of the three quarterbacks that have 50 touchdowns, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. That's crazy. That's insane, that's, bro. That's filthy. <laughs> when was the last rookie quarterback to to even win an MVP, or is that even possible? I actually have. You I feel like that's never happened. I don't even know. Of course, you I don't have the one. stats right here in front of me, but I feel like that's never happened. <laughs> I I don't honestly think that's ever happened. But people don't really classify him as a rookie. But to me, he's a rookie due to the fact this is literally his first, his first year starting. Even though last year he was watching behind Alex Smith, mm-hmm. that even helps. But, but uh, he he barely but, played last year. He barely got any. Yeah, he last played year. like one game. But his arm, he's he, to me, he's really the Steph Curry of football. Yo, like, I was I, I saw the highlights, my nigga. Oh my, yo. <laughs> Watching him, watching yo, watching him roll to the right and like hit two hit niggas with the bro, with the with the, a, with the side pass with on, accuracy. Oh, tell Dak take notes. That, nigga. You can't teach. Them. Why you gotta do that? <laughs> why you gotta do that, bro? Like, nah, bro, because so that shit is filthy, bro. Bro, he has flat. He throws flashy. He throws no looks in football. Crazy. <laughs> you gotta think of no looks that. on a dime too. His no footwork is eight one. Like he can. He he'll be in the Listen, pocket, man. have pressure coming to him, and he'll be able to just set his feet Listen, correctly with the ball all fan. the way downfield. I'm a fan. I don't know if you saw that game. I'm a I'm a, I'm a fan. I really like that kid. But I'm actually most surprised and impressed by the Kansas City defense because all year, you know they was in shootouts all year. Mm-hmm. They couldn't stop getting lit up. And then this year, they this game they just came into the game and nobody expected them to just stop Andrew Luck. Like that was rare. So. How how good is they Andrew Luck though? I always hear about Andrew Luck, and I feel like he's old, he's an under he's, he's a classic pretty. underachiever in my opinion. I mean, yeah, but he was hurt the past two years with a shoulder surgery. True, shoulder I remember. Yeah, I remember the shoulder shit. But it's like pretty, coming out of college, he's supposed to be the next one. I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty great. I wish, shit, I wish we had Andrew. That's Luck. What, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I remember. Yeah, I remember coming out of college. He, he got drafted the same year as RG three, right? Yeah, I remember coming yeah, out of college. They were yeah. supposed to be the uh, the, it was the, the, the next year, the the next mm-hmm. biggest things in the um quarterback wise in yeah, the NFL. Yeah, Andrew Luck. Andrew looks pretty good. It's it's hard. Getting it's hard finding elite quarterbacks. Like there's a branch of elite quarterbacks, then there's good quarterbacks, then there's average, then there's just Dak Prescott range. I'm dead. So it's just it's, it's finding an elite quarterback like Andrew Luck is pretty special. So yeah, he's great. They shut them down though. They shut their whole office down. I was surprised. I actually had the Colts winning. I was going through the whole week. I'm like, damn, I think the Colts actually might win this one. 
But nope, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I didn't think the can't. I didn't think the Chiefs would still be as good, being that they dismissed Me Boy Boy from their team. I forgot his name. What's what's nigga name that? Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Yeah. yeah. I was I was surprised that they'll still be as effective. Their offense will still be this effective without Kareem Hunt. That's that just like me, oh God. That's just like Dan Tony. Like you see, Chris Paul's hurt. Who comes in? Austin Rivers Andy give you quality. Boy, <laughs> right. It's the Andy Reid. Andy Reid's the Mike D'Antoni of football. So it's like you put him in that system. You. Mm. We're going to get you. We're going to do you regardless. But, uh, I, I, and pass on special. Right. I always hear that Andy Reid isn't a good play, uh, uh, um, playoff coach. I always hear that he always gets to the playoffs. Yeah, because that was loses. the... Yeah, yeah. I mean, since Brady... He lost to Brady in the Super Bowl, I believe, like, 03. I'm probably... Information messed up. 03 or 04, one of them. Right. But, um, yeah, they, the Chiefs haven't won. That was their first home playoff game since, I believe, 92. So... Yeah, it was in yeah, 93 when Joe Montana played or some funny shit like that. Yeah. How do how you think the yeah, Chiefs are going to match up against the Patriots, though? Goat versus the kid. <laughs> Goat versus the kid. It's I love Pat because I love just watching him. Mm-hmm. But last, the last yesterday, you were just like people. <laughs> so many shows were just saying the Patriots. This is the end of a dynasty. They lose this game. This is it for Belichick. I agree. And Brady. I, I thought it was and too. They've been saying that for so many years, and they come out and just punch one of the best teams in the face. Like on paper, the Chargers like have a better team. That shit blew my. And they just. <laughs> No, no, I'm not gonna lie. That that, that game blew my because I'm going into the game similar to what everybody else is saying. Like, yo, <laughs> Patriots is done. That's it. It's clip bro, for them. Football is unpredictable, bro. And to football see is... them get dog like that in the first half is crazy. I think it was 21 zip early. It was 21 like, zip early. First... They went to the first half 28 seven. 28 seven. Yeah. Like Brady was getting football. the ball downfield with ease, my nigga. Like he don't look 41. I don't get it. I really don't get it, bro. Bro, I think. Like, I didn't know in football it's actually possible. Because in basketball, I know, like, championship teams, they could go to the playoffs and just flip a switch. Like, Warriors, sometimes they don't give a fuck about what's happening in November. Sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. But then what happens in, in May, they just flip the switch. Like, all right, we're really still the best team. Belichick just said, stop playing with us. <laughs> Ain't nobody messing with us. We're going to come in here. We're going to show you why we're the best team. We're going to smack one of the best teams for, that people thought we weren't, that thought they were going to beat us. And it's going to show you why this system and why Brady's still the GOAT. He's throwing dimes. Sonny Michelle from Georgia, he was a dog. He was looking like a Zeke Elliott. It was great. Right. So it's gonna be tough. I mean, what's that? That's no, that's, that's, that's their back. Right? That's number twenty eight. They running 26, back. I believe. Yeah. What? Whoever, who else, whoever was they running back last night was dogging. Yeah. Was, I don't even something. know who that was. Whoever that was was cooking. It was something crazy. Yeah. I might not turn my TV and I see Shannon Sharp. Black and Miles from Hennessy and the Black Bag. Yeah, let's continue with that. I'm crying. But, uh, so, <laughs> but yeah. so let, me, let me ask you this. If, if Brady advances to the Super Bowl, right, and wins, we, we, well, we already we already know Brady's the like greatest quarterback of all time, hands down. But how does, like, doesn't, does that increase the gap between him and everybody else that much? Like, if he's able to do this at 41? If he takes this team to the Super Bowl at 41, because people are saying this is his worst team he's ever put, like, he's ever been with, and... This whole supporters cast has been that great. The defense has actually been better, but if he goes, I, I mean, I don't hate on Brady because I respect greatness. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, that gap would be serious if he goes to Super Bowl and beats the number one team with the MVP. And they, if they go to Arrowhead to do it, because through Brady's career, he's really never had to travel. Right, they're always like either the one. Niggas always coming up. Yeah, niggas always coming to Foxborough. Always coming to Massachusetts. So if he does this, then this this is a tough task. I don't know. I haven't seen anybody stop Patrick Mahomes yet in that Andy Reid offense. <laughs> I, just, I can't. I can't. Next week is gonna be fun. Next week is gonna be fun. That's next, that's, next that's the game I really want to see. Even for the people that don't watch football, right? You sh- you should go. You should go watch next week. Next week Sunday. I believe Saturday. They play. This is Saturday. It's Sunday. I think it's. I think it's Saturday. I really don't know. But Either way, it's... I I love Pat. So 
Either way, it's nice. No, I'm definitely gonna be tuned into that one. I, I I rather see I rather see the Chiefs in the finals than um the, the, the yeah, Patriots. Yeah, me too. Bro. I rather. I mean, I'm tired I'm of seeing the Patriots in the, in, the, in the playoffs, bro. In the, not the playoffs, <laughs> in, the, in the Super Bowl. I'm tired of seeing that, bro. Yeah, I mean, if the if the Chiefs beat the Patriots, people are just gonna be like changing up the guards from Pat Mahomes to Brady and everything. But I want to see Pat succeed because that, that that kid that kid that kid is special. Never seen nothing in football like that. That kid is special. Bro. Steph Curry in football, he makes everyone your fan favorite. So. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Chiefs though. I'm gonna go with Chiefs. My heart tells me Chiefs. So I'm gonna go with Chiefs. That that kid is special. Let's talk about that Saints game yesterday though. The Saints, yeah, the Saints and the Eagle. I, I like 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 you know beforehand. I predicted the Saints to win, and um, mm-hmm. even though I'm not the big football guy, I do remember Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Oh, I don't know why I always fuck his name up. Drew Brees being a killer. And yeah. even though the Eagles went up, what they went up 14 zip early 14 in the game. Zip, I knew for a fact the Saints was about to come back in. <laughs> I knew for a fact. I I missed the first. Pick six. I don't know if he was watching. Yeah, I was. Before. I was watching from the beginning. I didn't even see was a opening game, bro. Open, not opening game. Opening play. Opening drive. Yeah, first play. So I'm looking. I'm like, he kind of did underthrow it though. I'm not gonna lie. He underthrew that ball yeah, a little bit, and, he, and it was an easy pick. It was an easy pick. So, what what solidified that game for me though is when is when they scored that touchdown. And they didn't count the shit, and then oh, they yeah. came back. Yeah, it came back. And, I think they scored again and didn't count it. Right, <laughs> and they had they, had, they gave they gave him another four tries. They they gave him another four down, another drive to drive the shit, and they still scored this shit. I'm like, yeah, the Saints, the Saints is real. Once they went down seven zip, down so the drive, they stopped breeze, then they went down fourteen zip. I'm like, what's how it was? I mean, what's going on here? But I know I know the New Orleans Saints. I know Drew Brees. I'm like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna happen. But like I said, they were down fourteen zip. It's fourth and one, <laughs> their own thirty. What did Sean Payton do? Of course, he fake punts it. Right. He gets the first down. He, that could have been 17 zip easy if that didn't work or 21 zip. He said, let's go for it. It gets aggressive. And they go down and score a touchdown. It's just 14 7. And then after that, it's just once I saw them get on the board, I'm like, yeah, it's over. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but every time I hear, every time I watch football, or every time I hear y'all talk mm-hmm. about football, it seems like some real life Madden shit. Like it seems like the coaches are just <laughs> out there calling whatever plays they want to call and just use it and just like, Bro. it's like a simulation type shit. It's. It's, it's it's literally Madden. Well, if you have an actual play call and actual head coach, unlike the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> but it, it really it really is Madden. Like you see Sean McVay out there, the coach of the Rams. You see Sean Payton. They just Andy Reid. They're literally playing Madden. I like I. They don't punt the ball on fourth down. <laughs> they don't. They go for two point conversions. Sean Payton started a Super Bowl in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. He won the Super Bowl. He started the first play was an onside kick. Like TBT. <laughs> Like it's literally foot, like it's literally mad. Bro, but, but my so thing is, just, what's the taboo against playing those unconventional style play? Um, um, style gosh, football. Just, what's the taboo against the that? That's the thing. I don't see nothing wrong with it. Me neither. Like I mean, like I, that's like even in basketball, people like shoot too many threes. So what? They're going in. <laughs> <laughs> like that's they shoot fact. at alarming rate. It's, it's better to take a three. Like like the metrics saying the analytics say, it's better to take a three than a long two. Because my team all they do is take long two. Right. So if you miss a long two, you're not gonna get the same points out of a three. It's the same thing. I don't have no problem with what's going on. Like, there's a lot of people saying, like, this is not football. Bro, shit is more fun like this. Why everybody so like, boring, bro? This shit is way more like, fun like, like this. Yeah, like, come on. Let's be millennials here. Right. If you if if you if you, if you have fourth and one, there's no reason why you should be you should be um, yeah, like, putting the ball and giving up, my nigga. Yeah. Like, try yeah, again, this, bro. Come on. It's one yard. Be all right. And I, I, I feel like they should. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm biased. I feel like they should just get rid of the yeah. kicker altogether. Yeah, I mean. I'm with that shit is pointless, bro. Say why not? That shit is pointless. Because <laughs> if you're going to, like. Bro, they. They really lose a lot of games too. And at the end of the they, day, like, it's really been. If you have the option to, to 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 throw a two point conversion instead of putting instead of kicking the ball to a field goal, why would you want to do that? Yeah, that's that's my thing. Like if you like, can get two <laughs> points, if you can get two points off an actual football play, <laughs> right? Why would you rely on the kicker? 
at all times. Like, yeah, I don't get that shit. She just honest. pointless to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with everything that's going on. I like the high-powered offense. Like, this is crazy. People don't like the defenses and everything. But, hey, I mean, we had a defense. The, the best defenses aren't even here. No right. More. So, is it really, like, we had the best defense, the Chicago Bears, like, I mean, call it, call it what you say. What you can say what you want about defenses, bro. You can say defenses mm-hmm. win championship and all that, but nobody wants to watch mm-hmm. defenses, bro. Nobody wants to see that. Like at the nobody end of the day, the fans want to see exactly the fans want to see a, a high octane, a high scoring offense, both in basketball Cam and football. Yeah, Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah, basketball is fun too. Like I don't know if you remember the Peyton Manning and Cam Newton Super Bowl for like two thousand. I remember that one. Was whacked to me. Like <laughs> it was a bunch of defenses. Cam Newton wasn't scoring. Peyton Manning wasn't scoring. That 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 Super Bowl blew my mind because that that was a Super Bowl where it was like I. Uh, Cam Newton is one of the best black yeah, quarterbacks in the league, and I'm like, yeah, that that was a Super Bowl for him to prove to me I, I was dead, that I he did, was, I was cool with Cam. huh? I said I was dead cool with Cam. I like right. Cam, but... nigga, I was surprised the other day when when niggas told me Cam Newton was trash. I'm like, what? Since when? <laughs> that was a Super Bowl. We was like, I bet he about to solidify for all black six six point yeah, all, all black athletic co- um quarterbacks. All black, yeah, that he was about to right, solidify, yeah. hold it down for all black athletic quarterbacks, really and he baited us. And ever since that, he's never been the same. Yeah, he did us dirty with that one. I'm not gonna lie, did us all filthy. He wasn't gonna get another opportunity at that either. So. That's a fact. So for for, for Ram Saints next week, who you who you taking? I mean, who's on the Saints? I don't see Jared Goff going into New Orleans to be anything. Like they had a, a mishap at early and they got down fourteen zero. I don't see that happening to Jared Goff. Marcus Peters began burnt back there. Michael <laughs> Thomas is gonna kill him. Yeah, Michael Thomas. I don't know what's wrong with him. He was. I don't know what's wrong with Marcus Peters. Yeah, he was. Michael Thomas is a dog. He's he's, he's great. But I don't see I don't see the Rams going into the Saints game. You know what's like, crazy? It's so hard to win in New Orleans like that. Like, I think maybe even early in the year, I think the Saints won the game. I'm not sure. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they also won. I'm going to go with the Saints. And I think the Rams are actually overrated. In fact, they, we were even close in this game. And they have a way better team. But. I forgot. Because you, you bring up Jared Goff's name reminded me. I hated the mm-hmm. fact that I watched the, um, the highlights of the Cowboys-Rams game. And I hated the fact that Jared Goff was so clean after the game. That shit blew my mind. <laughs> Ain't no reason. Granted, yeah, I just said I hate defense and all that funny bro, shit, but there's no reason. So there is bro. no like, reason why you in a playoff game and, the, and that quarterback is that bro, clean. We didn't sack him. Like, last week we got to Russell Wilson. Like, it, it's so crazy because a whole week dropped. Like, how do we stop the number one rushing offense? We get pressure on Russell Wilson that we just can't get to Jared Goff and CJ Anderson, not even Todd Gurley. Like, it's it's so like it depends on people want to show up like the offense the offensive line of Rams just bodied us like we couldn't <laughs> get to him he was over there chilling he was just having a seat drinking some tea at all the time in the pocket do whatever he wants that's another thing too when 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 a quarterback goes untouched like that is it, is is the credit given to the offensive line or is it said that the defensive line is is just trash oh uh, we give it to the big uglies up front the O line they they once once they protect the quarterback. Once I realized this weekend that the O line is really O line quarterback two most crucial positions in this in the, in the NFL. NFL, and I think the O lines may have get paid the least. But that's some shit, yo. I've been saying for longer, bro. Football <laughs> players are really pussy on some other shit, bro. Nah, football players nah, are really soft. I wouldn't do this. There's no. There's absolutely no reason why the, why the revenue splits are the way are the way that they are in the NFL. And they making money. And they, exactly, so. and the NFL sees way more money than the NBA. Happening. Yeah. NFL way more. I, yeah. I really hope that the Giants were watching this game though because. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell the last time we had a, a, a serviceable O line. Yeah, I heard it actually got. I stopped watching games, but I heard it actually got better throughout the end of the season. Yeah, I, nigga, I stopped watching giant games like <laughs> midway through the season. But yeah, the O line, O line, crucial. O line, I would say the O line is more important than the D line. So if you can, if they, nobody can not get your quarterback and you sit there and have all the time in the world, you're good. Facts. So I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Saints though. I agree with that. I, I just I don't like I don't like the, I don't like the Rams honestly. I don't know why. <laughs> 
I, I just I just don't like them. I don't really think they're that great. I'm not gonna lie. Like you see the Saints, you see the Chiefs, you page them like yeah, they're great. The Rams, like eh. Mm. They cool. They got Todd Gurley. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Gurley's cool, I guess. I mean, Y-G, I would I would say the Rams are overrated. At the end of the day, they were the second seed in, yeah, yeah, okay, in, yeah, in their division, and they so were the, um, they did get this far. I wouldn't say they overrated. I just mm-hmm. I just I just Never rather see the Saints win. I would rather see Drew Brees win than um the Jared Goff. Yeah, everybody want to see Drew Brees get one more. I feel like if he gets one more, he just he gets another Super Bowl. He's just gonna go into some sunset and just quit. Right. I think I think he retire after that too. I mean, yeah, in, in now that I'm looking at it, I think it would be a better Super Bowl to see uh, Drew Brees versus Peyton, not Peyton Manning versus, versus Tom Brady. Tom, but I really yeah. want to see, I really want to see KC. Or I really want to see Pat, Pat Mahomes in the yeah, Super Bowl. That, I think that only makes for a great that, only um, story. I wouldn't. Only reason I wouldn't want Kansas City in the Super Bowl is because of Shane. Like, <laughs> I just don't want to see him. I don't want to see him happy. But Facts. I live with Pat. Pat in the Super Bowl would be cool. I mean, the, the fact that any of Shane's teams are actually doing good is crazy to me. <laughs> The fact that the Clippers are balling, the Cl- no funny shit. The fact that you are Clippers and a Chiefs fan is crazy to me. No funny shit. I never really think about it. I never met a nigga that's a Clippers fan. Then I never met somebody that's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. That's crazy to me. And then for you to be both, that's crazy, bro. That's wild to me. Nah, Kansas City and the Clip. That it makes no sense to me. I'm not gonna question the man. Right, and I can't even but I can't even call him a bandwagon fan ball. because you knew for a fact this been his these been his teams for a minute. So I can't even hate. But that's crazy to me. It's not having a great year. Cap space and role play. Right, bro. The Clippers right might fuck around and get Kevin Durant. The Chiefs have the, the greatest young quarterback in the NFL, the MVP. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, yeah, I'm jealous, mean, bro. That nigga, he's straight, for, he straight for the next 15 years. Yeah, he his is football, His football fan. That's why I'm getting this all locked me right now. That's a fact. I mean, keep it a stack with you, bro. 15 years from now, football, NFL may not be the same thing. So That is true. He got to enjoy it now anyway. That is true. Yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs. Chiefs and Saints. And then I just want I just want Drew Brees to win. I feel like Pat he's gonna have so many chances. Drew Brees he like Facts. 40, 30, That is true. Wins. But do you, do you think that the Chiefs are um between the Chiefs and the Saints when they get to the Super Bowl who do you think will win though? Not based off who you want to win, but who do you think has the better team? Who I really think would win? Facts. I think the Saints are honestly the best team in football. Like their defense, they have Marshawn Lattimore back there. You got two picks on Magic Nick Foles yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean one was a like a little fluky one, but their defense. I like the Saints defense. I'm still not sold on it, even though the Chiefs did show up. Defensively, I'm st- I'm still not sold on there. Like I've seen one game, but I've seen seventeen other <laughs> where they gave up so many points and so many tees. And the Saints, they play on both sides of the ball. They have Drew Brees, they have Alvin Kamara, they have Mike Thomas, they have Mark Ingram, it's Cam Jordan on the line, on the defensive line. This is one of the- this is Drew Brees' best team since hold on. But mm. also they re- they're getting a revenge for last year. What happened against the Minnesota Vikings? Right. They like they feel like they they should they feel like they should have been Super Bowl last year. So. Not today, Stefan. <laughs> Not today, Stefan. Not today. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Drew. Everybody wants to see Drew happy. Can't can't hate Drew Brees. Ain't nothing to hate. Right, I'm about to say ain't, ain't, a bunch of boys. Right, you you can't you can't look at Drew Brees and tell me you hate him. So I mean, like you said, everybody <laughs> wants to see Drew Brees. Good guy, underrated. Flurries. I just yeah, put him in a conversation with Peyton Manning and all of them. Shit, fuck it. Because after after he wins this year, or if he wins this year, he'll have what two Super Bowls, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, he'd definitely be in a conversation yeah. with Peyton Manning. If Peyton yeah. Manning could be in a con- if Eli yeah. Manning is in the conversation, and he has the records too, because right now. Drew Brees has the record. He just don't have the ring. Doesn't he? Doesn't he lead the NFL all time in passing yards or something like that? Yeah, he definitely does. So how does how does so when people rank the best quarterbacks, it's strictly off of who has the most championships. Then football football is so weird because even because I really don't be having conversations because you know niggas don't watch football. <laughs> <laughs> so, I really just started started watching like two three years ago. But um, they rank they rank it. I'd say off rings. I mean. I would say, but then you got Peyton Manning, people ranking it, you got Joe Montana. People people disrespect Drew Brees for whatever reason. Right. 
And it's like if you, know, he had a Super if, if, if you got all of those stats as a quarterback, there ain't no yeah. reason why you shouldn't be in the conversation. Period. Bro, if LeBron James had five rings, he wouldn't be the best player ever all time. Nah, if LeBron had five rings. If honestly, bro, if LeBron, <laughs> gonna get the stats. if LeBron went four and four in the finals, he'd be the best player yeah. all the time. Four and four. Oh, bro, come on, easy. But it's the fact easy. that the nigga got smoked the year after year after year after year after year after year. Like, he got a it, losing it record. The, in the it is the effects of the losing. Right, that it's, that it's the losing record that that that, that really fucks LeBron up. But if LeBron had a five hundred record in the finals, bro. Niggas would be like, yeah, right, yo, calm. we can make case for him. Listen, man, Jerry West went one and seven. One and nine, bro. He went one and <laughs> oh, one nine. And He's an NBA logo. I don't get that shit. I really don't understand that. But honestly, I wouldn't want another NBA logo. I'm fine with what we got now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it looks that shit is cool now. I, I like Drew Brees. I can't hate Drew Brees. So we, we, I, I hope he wins. We, we calling it the really Kansas do. City uh, uh, Saints Finals. Yeah, I'm gonna go. S- I'm sad. I, I just honestly I don't. As much as I'd want to see a Tom Brady versus uh, um, Drew Brees Super Bowl, I just don't want to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl again because I feel like they're gonna win. I don't want this, the Patriots winning another Super Bowl. I'm good off that. Bro, the last. I'm good last off time that. I, against, I can't. Last time I went against Tom Brady, bro. Pull one out his ass. I don't know. I thought the Falcons. Every time I go against Tom Brady, he pulls one out his ass. But I'm. I'm... But when I root for him, he loses. I rooted for him last year and they lost. I don't know. It's like rooting against LeBron, bro. I don't know. It's tough. My gut, my gut's telling me Kansas City, so I'm, I'll be, yeah, I'll be my, banking on the Kansas gut, City, New Orleans, um, Kansas, Kansas City, New Orleans, New Orleans Super Bowl. Yeah. Yo, we, we, we in Newburgh for the Super Bowl this year. Newburgh? I actually haven't been at Newburgh in like a few months. <laughs> it's been like it's been a few weeks. I've been to Dubai. Right, so you you might just have to be in Cambria and fuck it. Yeah, we no, we, we can do a Cambria. Nah, we, we can do I'm it. with Cambria. We can set that up. We can be in the basement. <laughs> we can set that up. One last yeah, one last thing though before we go, I want I want I want to I want to get your opinion on the um or on some college football stuff. Uh yeah yeah mm-hmm. but yeah I've been y'all been, been pumping this tour train y'all been pumping this tour far. train for a little minute now. And for him mm-hmm. to get smoked like that by the Clemson Tigers in the finals <laughs> is crazy to me. Bro, like I said, football is just unpredictable, bro. Um, Dabo Sweeney just came in and like had a game plan. He was like, put pressure on Tua, and he he believed in his team. Like he got rid of Kelly Kelly Bryant in, like September mm-hmm. of last year and said, bro, I got this kid named Trevor Lawrence. Next big thing. Now that that kid's a real dude. Now that kid like, is good, he's special, bro. And he's a, he's a he's a freshman, right? He's a true freshman at that too, he's right? Nineteen years old. That's scary. He's a he's a six six white Cam Newton. That's scary. That can throw the ball. Listen, one thing, yo, I'm gonna keep it a stack, man. One thing that the white man has has over us is that quarterback position, bro. What, what I say yesterday? <laughs> white man has quarterback. White man has, has pitcher in, in, in the MLB and hockey. They can have the whole. They can have the whole. They can have the whole hockey shit. Hockey. You know how nice the white man are in hockey. Boy, when, when, when it comes to being quarterback, because look at that. Boy, Cam Newton is a six. Cam Cam Newton is the same size as that boy. Cam Newton could be the best quarterback of all time if he was actually accurate down the field. He's six six, bro. Like what? Six five, six four. I don't know. I get like, it's taboo on, to have your quarterback running all them yards, but if I'm Cam Newton, I'm just yeah, gonna I, I mean, just start I mean, running, bro. But I mean, one of my friends told me I talked about he was like growing up as a black QB, they wasn't really told him to throw the ball. So, you know, all they knew was run. True. This is true. <laughs> Since college and high school, it's like even when they was little, they had the speed, they had the strength, so just run. Right. Now to get to NFL, now you gotta make pocket precision passes on the dom going to the sideline. It's like that ain't this it. my first time ever having to do this. Who do you who do, who do you think is the best quarterback in um in uh going into the draft this year? Yeah, going into the draft, yeah. this draft is tight. Is because it, it's two is does two qualify to be in um draft this year? Nah, you gotta you gotta do three years in college. He's a sophomore. Yeah, oh, so he got, got time, man. I'm not worried. I, see, I, my thing is, I, I could have sworn that he was a junior, senior this whole time. Nah, nah, he's yeah, a I was sophomore. amping him Freshman for him going to cook in the um in yeah, the uh, nah. in the playoffs. I'm gonna go Dwayne Haskins probably from Ohio State. Mm. He's, he's pretty. He's probably he's probably the best. 
Colin Murray, he's actually choosing football, I guess now. So yo, the Colin Murray should Colin Murray should be interesting because for him, I think like he's I, so nice at both right. Sports. He's so nice at both sports, bro. But I feel like <laughs> if put like this, if you was Colin, if you was Colin Murray, if you was in his shoes, would you go with the, with the sport that's paying you the most money, or would you go with the sport that you actually you love? Gotta, yeah, I was just about to say that. Everybody goes with their passion. Like he's gonna get money for football regardless. But I've heard one of my friends actually actually have one of my friends apparently played baseball, played high school baseball, one of the baseballs with level of baseball with Colin Murray. So he's actually really amazing. I don't really know how nice he is, but I've heard you actually that nice. Mm-hmm. But if he has passion for football, I say, I say go for football. If it's, if, I say follow your passion, honestly. I'm a real follow your passion type of dude. So. You, you can't go wrong with your passion, but when your passion is football, bro, I'm, I'm on the fence. <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm, yo, my, yeah, my, son, my, son's, my son's not playing my football. Not playing for that. football. And yeah, I'll definitely watch this. Bro. Like, if, I, if, I, if I'm his parents, I'm definitely putting that baseball battery in his back, even though baseball yeah, is boring. Baseball. You hear me? Listen, Nobody's man. no no millennials. Millennials aren't really watching baseball, so like Listen, <laughs> you're not about to really have the stardom next, and the fandom that you think you want. In these next fourteen to fifteen days, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are both about to get at least ten year to three hundred million dollar deals, fully guaranteed. No matter what team they go to, it's crazy. <laughs> Yo, is you think Bryce Harper will come to the, to the Yankees? Nah, we're actually out on him right now. I'm watching updates. I'm a Yankee fan too, so we actually out on him now. We can't get him because we signed we signed a few moves in the off season, but. Um, Cashman, our general manager, the owner, mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't want to blow the bag on actual long term deal because you know baseball they want ten year deals like Machado and Bryce Harper they want straight ten year deals. Like, they're so talented. They're talented enough gave, to, to 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 demand that though. Yeah, and the Yankees general manager he doesn't want to give. Yeah, it does. It does, but they don't want to commit that long. So I don't think we're gonna get them. I can't knock him for that. Yeah, I, would, I can't. I would knock go him for baseball. That. <laughs> but, <laughs> They have no salary cap, right. bro. If I'm, if I'm Kyler, I'm going baseball, <laughs> even though baseball is boring. But I'm definitely going to be tuned in to see what that kid chooses. Nonetheless, yeah, I support. Yeah, and it, it only sucks that you can't be a two-sport athlete in, in today's day and age. Yeah, that's pretty like, that's, tough. that's trash, but it's pretty tough. That's, it is what it is. The fact that he's even that great in both is crazy. Right. If you're a first-round pick in the NFL and MLB, that's insane. It's crazy. Like, the fact that he has time for all that. Like, I barely have time for my books, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And this guy's out here playing about to go play professional baseball and football. That shit is oh, crazy, man. bro. I know he was, I know he was getting lit at school too. So it's like, what was he? Doing? Right. That man has passion. He has talent. Right. I'm definitely yeah, gonna be, definitely gonna be watching to see to um to see what happens with that. But nonetheless, Todd, thanks for coming on. I appreciate your analysis. You know I mean, man, I'm glad to be back. Should be back. We back. I'm back on. I'm calling it right now. I'm coming back on for the playoffs. Playoffs or finals. <laughs> Bring, bring it back for the final. Oh, for the play matter of fact, since, since you brought it up, one, one last thing on um on um before we close out, do you think that Boogie's actually gonna to um actually gonna uh what you call it mesh well with you guys? You think you think he's really I mean, gonna help? You? I mean, we had last year. We you know I don't know if you watch you don't really watch 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 Warriors games, but no need to. We run everything out the post, <laughs> so we throw everything down in the post. We throw KD in the post, Draymond in the post, and we have. Steph Curry and the light skinned boys run around on screen, <laughs> throw him off like Kyle Corver and everything. Like last year, he's really gonna be David West on steroids. <laughs> so we usually threw the ball on David West on the block last year, had the light skinned boys run around, and he could do whatever he want down low. Now we have Demarcus Boogie Cousins. He doesn't even have to be Boogie Cousins. He has to be Demarcus. As long as he's able Yo, to be he... Demarcus and not Boogie Cousins, <laughs> he don't have to be a cousin anymore. He just has to be Demarcus. No, you 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 right, but my only thing is is, is like this is he's coming off of ACL, not ACL. He's coming off of Achilles mm-hmm. injury, and he he's mm-hmm. not he was never the athletic player to begin with. So nah, that's that's, that's a plus coming off of that's Achilles true. injury. If you're not an athletic guy, that's a plus. But it's that's the true, fact that I, he's it's mid season. I believe in our medical staff. Not gonna lie, it's mid season. He's coming off of an Achilles injury. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if he. I don't know if he'll be able to keep up with everybody right away. And he's starting right away too. They said. I mean, see, that's the thing. That's crazy. The fact that he's even put him in a star. That's like crazy. That, I feel like they know that. They know something we don't know. Like their medical staff. Listen, man, their medical staff saved Steph from two career right. injuries in his ankles. Like they literally right. fixed his ankles. You're right. <laughs> they fixed him You're to right. the extent that he's not going to. Nah, you, 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 you don't got to continue. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I did forgot who Steph Curry was before so this. I forgot Stephen Curry. That's what I forgot. I forgot who Stephen Curry was. Niggas got niggas got caught up with the with the niggas got caught up in Steph so much that they forgot who Stephen was. You're right, bro. He just he just has to be Demarcus, bro. That's it. <laughs> just be Demarcus, going to block, do whatever you want. Cause you know we're selfless team. You know Steph and Clay, they just like they go the selfless. They're gonna shit. be like, all right, go, bro. Steph, one of the most selfless stars in the world. Like last night, you still come out on. You yeah. still put forty two in your neck like it's nothing, bro. Last night it was a tie ball game. Steph had the ball. He's hot. He already got 43, 41. Mm-hmm. He's hot. He gives it to KD. <laughs> He's like, oh, Katie, Katie, take the last shot. Our our system is so selfless. He gave it to Katie. Katie, like, why give it to me? You kill it. Gave it right back to Steph. Beep beep. One move. Cool crossover. In and out. Dwight, <laughs> Dwight Finney Smith, hold that. The dagger three to win the game. Hold that. For 46 on your head. Night job 48 on He always we were always for another 50 piece. Come on, man. It's the selflessness. They want to see, they want to see people happy. Like. I'm gonna go with can't it. Can't knock them for that. Go, I think Boogie's gonna be alright. I can't knock them for that. We'll see after we'll, this we'll, year, but right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But Todd, thanks for coming on the show, bro. No, 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 King Ben. No, Ben and Todd. Alright, what's what's up, man? How's it going? I'm good, Darnell. How's everything going with you? Uh, everything's going good so far, man. I hope I hope the new year's been treating you well. It's been a while since we last spoke. Yeah, it's going by really quick. The NBA seasons. More than halfway done already. It's crazy to believe how fast that's going. Right, right. We split right down in the middle right now. And I, I actually want to have, get your opinion on a couple of things, being that we're halfway through. Let's start with the uh, with the All-Star starters first. Um, The Eastern yeah. Conference is a little bit more competitive this year than I anticipated. So let's hear what you have for the, for the All-Star starters. Start with the, the backcourt. The backcourt, I would say the... I would say Kemba Walker deserves to be in the two-guard over Victor Oladipo because he's playing much better. Oladipo has a better team. Obviously, Giannis, Kawhi Leonard, Joel Embiid, and Kyrie Irving. Those those five, clearly. You said So you said Giannis, Kawhi, Kyrie Irving, Kemba. And Joel. And Joel. Yes. I definitely I definitely do agree. I definitely do think that um that Kemba Walker's having a better season than Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo kind of surprised me a little bit this year. He took a step back than he did last year. I noticed that. But his team doesn't really need him to take all the shots and dominate. They've been winning a lot of games. They're a top I'm, four seed in the East, and he doesn't need to show right. up every night. Right. I'm not going to lie. I haven't been watching many Pacers games. I'm not going to lie. I haven't been watching many Pacers games this season. Who else is on that team to, to, to take and create all the shots for them if Victor Oladipo isn't going to be carrying the majority of the scoring load? Sabonis so has been averaging around 15 and 9, double, only double, playing true. 20, 24 minutes a game, just <clears throat> dominating every time. Bodanovich has been hitting shots. The whole team just knows how to play well. But Oladipo does take over games. He might have like 12 or 13 points entering the fourth, but the last couple of minutes, he really does know how to close out. So I've been seeing a lot of that lately. That makes sense. That makes sense. Ironically, it's between, in my opinion, I feel like either Sabonis or Pascal Siakam would be my um my current most improved player this year because comparing last year to this season, Sabonis, like you said, is, is, is pretty much giving us 15 and 10 off the bench. And he's also shooting about, what, 60% from the field? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 
that's that's very efficient. That's very efficient coming off of a season where he was forced to play with Russell Westbrook, Oklahoma City, and those numbers were were, were heavily um were heavily stunted. I do have a I do disagree with you on the All Star starting point guard though. I don't think that uh Kemba Walker is having a better season than Kyrie simply because the Celtics are a better team than the, than the Hornets. Explain that thought to me. Explain the thought process behind taking Kemba over Kyrie. I was I said I mentioned taking Kemba over with the Victor Oladipo. So 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 you wouldn't so you would put yeah. Kemba over Kyrie still. Mm. I, w- I honestly would because he, he is having a great season for his team. Kyrie Celtics are struggling, right. which comes to a surprise, and he started off slowly. Kyrie's a better player, and he's obviously the fan favorite over Kemba, but I do honestly deserve Kemba should be the, the point guard starter for the East, if anything. Uh, I, I can see why you say that. He definitely is. I guess he's, he's having a career year. Like you said, he's having a better career. He's having a better year than... Kyrie Irving is, but I feel like All Star voting always went to the always lean to the player whose team was playing better, opposed to similar to even MVP. Whoever's has whoever has the better team, whoever's team is having a better season, they're the player who gets the edge over the um the um the, the weakest seeded team. I'm definitely taking Kyrie over 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 Kemba. I did have a question about the Celtics as well too. How do you feel about the way that everybody's gelling and meshing? Did you expect them to still struggle at this juncture in the season, or were you are you um are you satisfied? Did you predict this? I didn't expect them to struggle this much. A couple of players have taken a step back, including Jalen Brown. Gordon Hayward still finding his rhythm after that serious injury. If Boston doesn't go on like a 10-game winning streak after the All-Star break and still loses easy games, then that's very concerning going into the playoffs. Right. Right. So my question is, my thing is this, though. I'm, I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised that they're struggling. It makes perfect sense to me, though, because think about it. Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, two of their best players, Gordon Hayward definitely doesn't look like their best player, one of their best players now. But two of their best players last season, they weren't there, especially when the um when the Celtics were on that late run last year to the Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. So it it makes sense why um why everybody's struggling, like I said, because there's so many new pieces to gel and mix with each other. Like I said, Kyrie and Gordon Hayward weren't there last year. So if you're Boston now, right, you're in a situation you have too much talent. Too. If you're Danny Ainge. Nah, yeah, I think the Celtics have too much talent right now. Would you say the same? They do have too much talent, and plus, right. So Irving and if you're Danny Ainge, are you do you, would you trade Jalen Brown or or, or Terry Rozier, for example, or even a Gordon Hayward? Would you think about putting them on the trading block, th- or would you try to would you try to um t- things to you know would you th- try to let them figure it out on their own? I should say. I would try to let them figure it out on their own too, because they do have a lot of talent and they do have a great team. I expect Brad Stevens to make some adjustment. This, re- this really testifies how good Brad Stevens of a coach he really is. He over overachieved with a little amount of talent over the last three years. But now, it seems like he's underachieving. So, it's going to be up to him to figure out the pieces. I definitely keep all of them for now. Unless there's a potential superstar trait in the making you can't miss. Right, I agree. And it's crazy because Brad Stevens is said to be one of the better coaches in the league right now. But... I've been a little, I've been a little confused with him as a coach this year, strictly because you have all of this talent and you can't make it work. Do you think it's unfair for me to say that he's a bit overrated this season, or he's overrated in general, being that he can't figure out how to make all of this work? You have a lot of talent. It's a lot of guys on that team. They should be able to fix something out. I wouldn't say he's an overrated coach yet, but this season he absolutely he's been disappointing. But we gotta see, like in the playoffs, they're still gonna be arguably a top four seed. And if they do make the NBA Finals, all this regular season struggle talk 
goes away. That's the only thing Boston really got to worry about. They don't care right. if they win 52 games or 58 games. They just got to try to make the finals, and that's their goal. Right. And it's, it's crazy because it's been a very up and down year. I remember last week, the Celtics said they had a meeting. They had a personnel meeting, and everything seemed to be fine. And then, I don't, did you did you see the game against Orlando when they went down to the wire and the Celtics lost at the buzzer? It was miscommunication. I did right. see it's that. A, a miscommunication between Kyrie and Jason Tatum and, um, and Gordon Haywood. Right after that game, Kyrie came out and said the young guys, I'm paraphrasing, but he said the young guys don't understand what it takes to win a championship. They're in for a very big, uh, rude awakening. It's going to be a very long season. So it's like it's a lot of like it feels like even Kyrie Irving being the best player in that team, he's a little confused and clouded about the direction of the team this season. And I feel like if I'm in Boston, if I'm a Boston fan, if I'm somebody in the Boston front office, I'm starting to worry a little bit. I'm starting to panic a little bit because I'm looking over and I'm seeing teams like Milwaukee and Toronto and they seem to be clicking and they have things figured out already. And I'm not sure if, if my, my Celtics with all the talent will be able to figure it out in time for the regular season. I mean, for the postseason, well, excuse me. Well, a team like Milwaukee never even made it past the first round in a long time, so I'm not even going to be excited, too excited about them. Nah, that's yeah, a Boston fact. does have the bench. They have the veterans, and they've been successful in the playoffs over the last two seasons, so their experience and leadership will help them win a lot of close games. They know how to execute down the stretch, unlike those Milwaukee-Philly teams where it's very right. questionable. Right, and it's, 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 I'm glad you brought up Philly because... Philly, Philly. I don't. I don't know. I think. I think that uh, the bar was set a little bit too high for Philly last season. What do you think? I mean, Philly. They they were they were all right last season. Ben Simmons really got to improve on the shooting. That's that's the that thing that's holding the team back. He doesn't even try to right. shoot in the playoffs. He got no, nah, no, no. Nah, come on. He's been he's started. He's been, ben Simmons has been taking jump shots now. He's been taking for over the past I say five or ten games. He's been taking jump shots. I mean, everybody been taking be that t- turnaround, that turnaround fadeaway from about 12, 12 feet with his back towards the basket. He's been taking that shot a lot recently. Everybody should be taking jump shots, playing professional basketball. I mean, the jump shots the most basic thing to learn if when you first start playing basketball. He- that that's that's true, but it's like when you're somebody who's been dominating for so long without having a jump shot, especially when there's shooters around you. I I could see why somebody like Ben Simmons feels as though. There's no need for him to have to um, force himself to create a jump shot or, or um, start shooting. But when he plays it against makes sense to the me. best teams in the playoffs and the game's down to the wire, you're not going to pass up those opportunities to have a worse possession, hurting your team. That's what he did last year against Boston, and it backfired. You're saying that he's not going to pass up those opportunities as in he himself is not going to pass up the shooting opportunities? He can. If he wants to be effective late in games, he, he can't pass up those opportunities to knock down the... 20 footer that's very vital he he can't be passive against all the good teams that's what's hurting philly right now that's true but then that's what that's why they brought in a guy like jimmy butler jimmy butler isn't the best shooter but that's why they brought him in so that late game in late game situations if joel and b can't get you a bucket on the on the block you'll give the ball to jimmy butler and he'll create something for you outside in the wing but do you play simmons with butler if he ain't handling the ball because he can't shoot threes when he's open what what's Ben Simmons gonna do off the ball? He needs the ball in his hands. Jimmy needs it, and B wants his touches. So it's kind of a complicated mixture with three ball dominant players, pretty much. So long term, do you think Jimmy Butler will be there? I don't being off the strength that you just you just explained to you. I didn't have to say it. I I don't think that this is something that could fit, that could work long term, because yes, Jimmy Butler could create off the ball for uh for both Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, but. If you're now, if you're Ben Simmons and you refuse to shoot, right, outside of the fact that, you know, they have the little locker room issues, if you're Ben Simmons now and you refuse to shoot, 
and Jimmy Butler's supposed to be the one who's creating all of these outside baskets for you, do you think it's, it's going to come to a point where they'll never be able to work because they need Ben Simmons to be a, to be a shooter? I do agree with that. If they want to take the get to the next level, Simmons doesn't have to be a good shooter, but he needs to be decent enough, enough where he can knock down one or two open threes a game. He needs that confidence in his shooting because, I mean, Philly is not Ben Simmons or J- Jimmy Butler's team. It's Joel Embiid's team. He's the man right. in Philly. He's the process. Right. Everything revolves around him. He's the best player, and Simmons just got to develop and work on the his weaknesses. And Embiid has the total package right now. The man's unstoppable. Right. There's nothing that Joel Embiid can't do. I'm a little bit surprised that he's been so this durable this season. I, I did think he would he would um grow out of the the um the injury proneness that he experienced early in his career, but I am surprised that he's been able to play all of these back to backs and um and, 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 and show the, the amount of minutes that he's been shouldering so far. I mean he conditions himself extremely, like with with his size, he's probably the strongest NBA player physically and it's great to see him play like this many minutes because he missed a lot of time over his first two seasons, so right. he's final is finally paying off, and he's finally getting his fair share of minutes and really earning it deservingly, and dominating. Right, right. I had um also want to talk a little bit about the Nets as well too. Um, I'm a big Knicks fan. You everybody knows that, but the Nets have been balling this season. I expected the Nets to uh to be in a similar situation as the Knicks this year, in the sense that they'll be in a competition for a top three um team. Top three seed, excuse me. So, quick question: If you're the Nets, right, you're in a position where your your best player, Karis LeVert, is out, but you guys are still in playoff contention, and you have the possibility of luring a big free agent, being that you have a formidable cast of role players. If you're the Nets, which big free agent are you looking to lure into into um into Brooklyn? Of course, I would want to have like Kevin Durant. Like, why not? Like, come to New York if he doesn't want to come to the Knicks. Come to Brooklyn. Like if you if if he can help that team be relevant and content, like he'll be very loved in Brooklyn, regardless of what he did with Golden State. So he's the best guy available. Why not try to get him? Right, but I I, I don't I don't. The thing is the thing with the New York franchises is there's no. The way that these franchises have been run over the past decade hasn't been good. So like if you're a star player, right. A star caliber player on Kevin Durant's level because I do think that either the Knicks or Nets will be able to land a star. But if you're a star player on Kevin Durant's caliber, why would you want to come to an organization as dysfunctional as the the Knicks or the Nets? Wouldn't that be a, a tough um a tough thing to sell to him? I mean, the Nets have been improving better. I mean, they got John Marsh GM. He's running things very smoothly. The Nets are better than what most people thought, and it's been a struggle since Billy King messed up. But all that is pretty much behind them now. They have a chance to compete in the playoffs. They have a pretty good young team. No players proven to be a star yet, but they know how to play together. They work perfectly. Kenny Atkinson seems like a very great coach, right. and they got some nice pieces to work with. And once Karis LeVert comes back, they're definitely in contention for playoffs. I honestly do think Brooklyn will make the playoffs right now and let the young guys get their feet wet, having the experience. They're almost 500 as the seventh seed. Now that Washington's pretty much gone, Brooklyn, they have a good. They will make the postseason this year. Uh definitely. Listen, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. I mean, if they do. Excuse me. I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets do. I, I mean, being that, listen, being that the Knicks aren't going to make the playoffs, I'll definitely be watching a lot of Nets games. I might even try to go to a, um, a Nets postseason game if it really does happen. But let's switch gears to the Western Conference now. 
Who do you have as your um your Western Conference starting five for the All Star game? I have Steph Curry, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and James Harden. Whoa, no, whoa, whoa, Clearly, no, no, Jokic. Seem like Jokic is the. Jokic has Jokic's team has the best record in the Western Conference right now, and he's literally their best player and their only star. No Jokic. I said, Steph, Harden, Durant, LeBron, and oh no, Jokic. Anthony Davis is clearly a top five player and a superstar player. Jokic is not a superstar. All right, so 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 what though? So what? So what? But but right, listen, we're talking about are we giving lifetime achievements or are we are we going based I mean, off Anthony of what Davis so is a lot better season. player than Jokic. Jokic is not on his level yet. What if like a guy? I I agree with that. I I agree with that. But but we're talking about all right, when I, when I think all stars, right? I'm thinking about the best players from the best teams at the halfway point in the season. And for, for Anthony Davis to be sitting in the 13th spot at 20 and 23, being the, the talented player that he is, I don't I don't understand what's going on. And I don't think he deserves an all-star start after something like that. Or after a, Jokic a first has half a way like better team than Davis. Davis don't even have a, a good small forward. Jokic has a lot of young pieces. Davis has been putting up insane numbers. It's terrible that his team's losing. All right, but the, the Nuggets, the Nuggets haven't been fully, the Nuggets haven't been fully healthy all season though. They've they've been um, uh, what you call it? Demar Murray didn't play all games. Paul Millsap hasn't played all games this season. The Nuggets, Nuggets have to had have had their fair share of injury for the season as well too. I, is is I don't when people say that Anthony Davis doesn't have a good team. Are we forgetting Julius Randle? Are we forgetting Drew Holiday? Are these players not? I mean, but their bench is awful. Those guys are, are good, they not players? good players. Their bench is it's not good. Etwan Moore, he he had two points last night. On and playing thirty minutes, he played thirty <laughs> minutes. Nah, their bench is trash. Their bench is trash. I agree with that. But was this is pretty much the same team that that Anthony Davis went on a crazy run from the post All Star break last year into the playoffs in the first round. So what's the difference now? Why can't he do the same thing now? What's going on? The, t- the team just don't got that many great players. They missed their their point guard Alfred Payton. Even though he's not that great, he helps too. And not having him for the most part of this season due to injury really hurt their team and their chemistry. So, but Anthony Davis, he's proven himself that he is like a top five player he, and Jokic now on his level. Yet, what if a guy like LeBron James was in a worser team and let's say he's the 11th seed and there's a small forward that's Paul George caliber level. So you would say that Paul George would be ahead of LeBron in the All-Star game if LeBron was on the worst team, even though LeBron's clearly the better player. Right, my thing is when it comes to All Star starters, the fans are gonna vote their best. They're gonna vote the players that they want to see the most. They're gonna vote the players that are most I mean, popular. But I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. You know what I mean? For me, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with just because you're the most popular player, you should start. LeBron is different though. You know for a fact, regardless of the situation, as long as LeBron's in the NBA, he's gonna start for for the remaining of his career in the All Star game. That's different. But we're talking about we're talking about a generational talent, Anthony Davis. Who can't seem to even win? He he's not even in the top eight right now. That's all I'm asking. The top eight. You can't be in the top eight. You can't make it to the playoffs right now. If the season would have stopped right now, you can't be in the playoffs. I mean, That's the Western crazy. Conference is tough. The the Lakers are the eight seed right now, and LeBron's LeBron, even though he's missed the last six games, it's not even a guarantee that they right. make the playoffs. The West is the West, man. It's it's really tough. Utah's not even in the playoffs, and they got a couple good players too. Right, Utah's knocking at the door to the playoffs, and the King the Kings surprised everybody so far as well too. 
But I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm still sticking firm that I think that uh, Jokic should be in the playoffs. I mean, I, not Jokic. I mean, not playoffs. Jokic should be in the All-Star game over Anthony Davis. I, I'm, quick question. Do you think that Anthony Davis is going to be on the Pelicans in the 2020 season? Which is so next season. Do you think he'll be in the playoffs then on the Pelicans? That's a really, really trick question. I honestly don't because, I mean, if they're the 13th seed and he's doing everything there is, he's talking to a bunch of people. He says... Winning defines his legacy. Money is not about everything, so that gives us hints that he does, he does show displeasure against playing in New Orleans, and there's no really hope for him to win. So going to a larger market or going to a better team, having better players will be more appealing to his legacy if he wants to win. Otherwise, he'd be stuck like a Kevin Garnett, Minnesota type situation. Right, but and, and it's crazy because he's in a he's in a way better situation than Kevin Garnett was. He's not he didn't spend Kevin Garnett spent about what twelve years in Minnesota before he finally got to go to Boston or something like that. Yeah. Was it twelve? Or was it, it was somewhere there? around there. Right, right. Anthony Davis is only in year seven. Yeah, he's only twenty. He got drafted twenty twelve, so he got he only he's in year seven. If I'm AD, I'm and and, and he. If I'm AD and he's serious about winning is is what um cements his legacy and not money and things of that nature, I'm trying to get out of New Orleans as fast as possible. I might even try to force a trade ASAP instead of me waiting until summertime. Well, Anthony Davis, he's not really like an ag- aggressive person that's demanding. He's more passive. He just plays basketball, really like laid-back type of guy, doesn't cause any drama. He just plays ball, but uh, in the summertime, he will reflect about it and really think about what's best for his future. And I think it was something will happen this summer, and I think he will refuse the extension. The Pelicans will have to force to trade him. They really can't lose him for nothing. Right. I, but I, honestly, I think this is more of a Pelicans problem than it is Anthony Davis, of course. If I'm the Pelicans, I'm asking Anthony Davis what he wants to do. I'm, I'm asking him now. Like I'm not waiting until the summertime. I look at it like this. If Anthony Davis doesn't want to stay here, instead of him denying or instead of us trying to keep – and, and try as long as possible up until, what, the 2021 season when his, his contract is over. Instead of just playing for the long game and then trying to re-sign him afterwards and then trying to sign another big free agent, I'm asking him, what do you want to do right now so I know we can make X amount of trades to bring in some more young guys to put around you or we can trade you right now for the, for the best thing possible so that we don't have to wait and parlay for another, and waste another two years. If I'm the Pelicans, I'm looking around at teams like Boston who has too much talent. And I'm calling Danny Ainge, and I'm asking him if, if he wants to give up, if he's willing to give up a, a Jalen Brown and a Terry Rozier or a Jalen or a Jason Tatum and a Terry Rozier or something of that nature. I'm the Pelicans. I'm nervous. With all these rumors going around, he left to go to Clutch Sports. I'm I'm nervous. I'm, I'm really forcing the issue and trying to figure out what we should do because, listen, the moment you get rid of a player like Anthony Davis, the moment you let a player like Anthony Davis walk, you might as well just sell the team if you're in New Orleans because that's not even a basketball city to begin with. Well, they're, they're going to trade him somewhere, whether it's Boston or L.A. or whatever destination that provides them with the best offer. It's similar to the Chris Paul situation. He played, I believe, six seasons with New Orleans. Right. And he forced himself to be traded because he knew there was no potential there. Anthony Davis is more passive than Paul. So, I mean, they're, they're going to get trade Anthony Davis. The team's going to stink for a while. And all those other guys will be gone, too, like Randall probably and holiday and they will restart get a high lottery pick and it's it's just gonna repeat they're in a small market their their fan base is not even that passionate a lot of pelicans sees to it's yeah. empty which that's is what i'm really saying you have you have a generational talent in anthony davis and you guys won't even come out to a couple of games 
Like the, the arena is not being sold out night after night. That's crazy. That franchise is gonna be a mess. They have to trade Anthony Davis. I'd be shocked if he if he's willing to stay. If if he accepts the crazy amount of money they're gonna pay him, I doubt it. But if anything, but an Anthony Davis going elsewhere, it would be shocking. Right. I have a question about uh, about Russell Westbrook and any triple doubles is going on with this being the third straight street season that he's averaging a triple double. Do you think that is? Do you think that um triple doubles don't even mean anything? Like they're they're worthless now. Being that he's making it seem so easy. I mean, they're not worthless. People are gonna remember him for his crazy achievements, and he, that's gonna be talked about for many years. They might never be done by anyone for three straight seasons again. So he has a, a place in NBA history. But presently, if New Orleans, if if Oklahoma City doesn't make it past the first round, none of this really matters. It it shoot it proves right. that he can't really win. I mean, you gotta be able to win and play defense and. Do all the little things. You can easily go into the lane and grab more rebounds and push the ball and be ball dominant and get your mm-hmm. assists and all those numbers. But if you can't win in the playoffs where you're supposed to win, that's that's a huge disappointment. He's got to be able to win. I mean, Paul George, I like what Russell Westbrook's doing this season, taking a step back scoring, having Paul George excel scoring the ball as George's their best score right now on OKC, and that's the way it should be. That's why they've been excelling. Right. Right, and it's crazy because I don't know if you remember, but last season, all last season, I said, yo, listen, if the rest, if the Thunder want to flourish, they need to run the offense through Paul George. But I was doing a little, I was watching, I watched, did you see the um the overtime thriller, the double overtime thriller between them and the Spurs? Did you stay up for that? I did see that. I did, yes. Right, so I was watching that game, and I realized something. I realized that, two or two things, before I get to that, do you think that we are not appreciating history right now in the sense that we're not appreciating what we're seeing in Russell Westbrook averaging these triple doubles? Are we just taking it for granted? Has he spoiled us at this point? I mean, we're, we're taking it for granted right now because a lot of times he doesn't even guard his man to grab rebounds. And for that big basketball fans that just care about winning, I mean, is what's is winning going to be more important than or just your numbers? Because that's not the most effective way. I mean, Steve, he's holding Steven Adams back from rebounds. Steven Adams <laughs> should be nah, but they, but they're still, they're still They're still the best offensive rebounding team in the league, though, nonetheless. Right. Russ has good energy on the glass, but he doesn't need to get every single rebound. Right. Like, what? Well, it's so obvious when the the free throw shooter on the second time when he misses, Russell Westbrook gets the ball every single time. Every time he's gonna get it after the second miss free throw, that makes it super obvious. Like, does he really care about every single rebound that much? I like him to play more defense and try guard his man. That's more winning basketball to me. That may, right, I agree with that, and I, and that brings me to my next point. And I realized what I realized through watching that game is that Russell Westbrook is honestly just exploiting the era that he lives in. And what I mean by that is, there's a lot more three point, there's a lot more three point shots being taken now, which means there are a lot more three point misses happening. And he, all he's really doing is just grabbing a long rebound and 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 pushing the ball up court and leaking it out to his teammate. In the grand scheme of things, I can't really wrong him for that. I'm gonna keep it a stack. Like I really can't. I mean, would Russell Westbrook still get 10 rebounds if he was playing 10 years ago when there were better centers back then and it was more slow pace? I don't think he would. I mean, he wouldn't because they would. It's not as like I said. It's not there wouldn't be as many three point shots being taken in the game. And to to, to dispute your um your argument about him not playing defense, both him and Paul George are leading the league in steals right now. He may not be playing his man man to man, but he definitely plays the passing lanes and he's lets he allows his presence to be felt on right. the defensive and end. The team's really good defensively. They got a lot of guys 
Right, one of the best defensive teams in the league right now. Ferguson, Grant, they got great athletes, but one of their Achilles heel, besides Paul George, who's going to be able to knock down the three? Westbrook's been breaking a lot of his threes. It's really hurting him. Yeah, he's, 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 in a very, he's in a very, very low shooting slump right now. But listen, we knew that Russell Westbrook was not the best shooter. Not even just three-point shooting. We knew he wasn't the best shooter, period. So this shouldn't be a surprise to and anybody. And it's, it's a surprise to me that he's still shooting 62% from the line after midway in the season. I don't know what's up with that. That's got to really change. Otherwise, that's going to hurt his team in the long run against the better teams. I think at this point what the Thunder is satisfied with, they're, they're more so satisfied with the fact that Russell Westbrook does all of the other little things. Like, yes, he's not the best shooter, but he will play the passing lanes, he will crash the ball for you, and he will run the offense for you. So I guess I guess that's something to be glad about if you're um if you're uh, um Oklahoma City. They just got to try to reach the conference finals to call it a successful season with their team. I mean, they're good enough to be one of the best teams outside of Golden State in the Western Conference. You can make... You could argue they're even the second best team in the West, but they just got to achieve in the playoffs. He's Russell Westbrook's team's been disappointing the last two seasons, but this season, there's no excuse anymore. No more distraction, no melodrama to just play basketball and win. Right, and as as, as currently, if, if the playoffs were to start next week, if they were to start, not even next week, if they were to start right now, they'd be playing the Clippers, so I do think this would be the first time in a long time that they'll be able to advance out of the first round, so we just have to wait and see. I have two more two more things to talk about before we get off. Um, right now James Harden is on a tear, yeah, he's insane. a crazy tear. He's he's fifteen straight games with thirty or more. What the last four games he had forty plus or something like that. Yeah. Do you think that this is better than the Kobe run back in 07? Um, nah, it's not better than the Kobe run because right now, like James Harden, he's challenging the referees a lot of times. He initiates the contacts, but it's so hard to call, especially when. When it's when it's live and the refs gotta make decisions with Harden, I mean it's just it's almost as impressive as the Kobe run. But Kobe was playing in a time where basketball, I mean, it wasn't really as fast paced. There wasn't that many possessions out. There wasn't that many possessions. Kobe was he scored fifty plus in four straight games. I mean, Kobe was just right. Dominant. I remember that. I mean, James Harden, yes, he he is like, but the James Harden, his team also makes him better because he does have better players surrounding him. Kobe didn't really have anybody on his team, and he was still torching it. So I stay. Yeah, Kobe. Kobe's team was Kobe's team was hot garbage. I mean, cause hot garbage. That season, I've... None, none, nonetheless, though. I mean, James Harden, his, his two, his second and third option on the team, they're they're, they're obsolete. They're out with injury right now, and even when they're there, that being Eric Gordon and Chris Paul, Eric Gordon is, is playing like a shell of himself, and Chris Paul is thirty something, thirty four. Mm. So you know what that comes with. Right, but James Harden has been balling. This year, he's been absolutely incredible, unstoppable. But that's pretty much almost every regular season for James Harden. This would be the fourth straight regular season for James Harden that he would average over 29 or more. The last player to do that was actually Michael Jordan in the 90s. So James Harden's putting himself in elite all-time great categories with some of the records he's setting. But can he get it done in the playoffs? If he Is he not going to struggle in the playoffs? Regular season, we all know how great James Harden is. You could even make the argument the last three seasons. James Harden, based on the regular season alone, has been the best player in the NBA. Not playoffs, just regular season. But in the postseason, he comes up short. Right, right. And that's very important. I don't, I, me personally, I think, that the, I think that the Rockets window has closed. So whether or not he even um, shows up in the postseason, I don't think it's team enough. 
I don't think his team will be good enough to help him get over that barrier. Right now, he's averaging about 33 and some change right now. He averages about 33 and some change. Do you think he'll get to 35 a game? Nah, I, don't, I think he's going to slow down, especially with Chris Paul back and Eric Gordon. And I believe Houston's going to blow out some teams and Harden's not going to have as great as, as the numbers. It's remarkable in the regular season how Harden can drop 40-plus so easily, but you see some of his playoff meltdowns against San Antonio where he had 10 point, had yeah, right. like 10 points. I'm still looking for that James Harden. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out where he went that night. Like, playoff Harden compared to regular season Harden, sometimes they're two different people. It's hard to understand regular season he's a master at and with his rules and his tactics. I mean, I do give him credit for challenging the refs and kind of fooling everybody sometimes he initiates them too it's really entertaining i mean the whole nba referee some summer program will be revolved around trying to figure out how to call against harden james harden right yeah and it's crazy because i think that the nba is that he himself is putting the nba in a tough position because if you start calling these calls on harden he won't be scoring as much and if he's not scoring as much the fans would be less inclined to to watch the games because i feel like even a lot of this is happening in the NFL as well too. Once the leagues realize that the fan base loves to see high octane offenses, they're gonna enable that. They're gonna enable that. Right. So I, I don't think that they'll ever they'll ever be calling um anything against James Harden anytime soon. Right. I don't think he would be averaging thirty four a game like fifteen years ago if he was playing against the the mid two thousand San Antonio Spurs with their rules with both Bruce Bowen covering him or against Detroit when they had. The Wallace brothers and all those guys. Harden would, Harden would shoot even worse, and he would not get all his free throws. I mean, James Harden gets a lot of his points from the free throw line. From the free throw line, right. even if he shoots like five of twenty-two, but James Harden still 26, 27 points. Oh, thirteen made free throws. That's why. Huh. <laughs> right, and guess what? That's why he's playing in this era and not ten years ago. So hey, listen, it is what it is. Right. Right. Wilson, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for you coming on. Thank you, Darnell. Always a pleasure, my man. Well, now I'm joined here with my son, Snow. Snow the Barber. Some of you may know him. Yo, yo, what up? Snow the Barber. Big Noopy. <laughs> Keeping it gracious for the people. Now, I want to start with you becoming a barber. So where did your, where did your desire or your passion for barbership start? Um, It came from receiving elite cuts, like... I felt like my haircuts was the best haircuts. Um, <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, I mean, like when I went to school, I was in high school. I switched barbers. I went to a local barber shop near me in Hollis, and mm. I felt like the cuts I was getting was a different level. Like I felt like they was getting enhanced. I was still in high school. I'm like, yo, like my line looking sharp <laughs> as hell. So, <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you, but mm -hmm. I'm because everybody remembers that moment in time where you was getting, you was going to a trash barber, yeah. and you made the switch. To start going to a valid barber that exactly. was doing the phase and all the funny. I remember, I remember the first time I ever got a dark season. Like, I remember I was always getting light seasons up until like ninth grade in high school, and mm -hmm. my godbrother would come to church every week and cut my ass, slap <laughs> my body for my shit being so low. Right. Went back to the barber and I got a dark season for the first time, and that shit changed my life. Yeah, in in fact, like 
it's funny you say that because when I was growing up, my, my step pops used to give me a light Caesar. Me and my brother light Caesars, no shape up. So against when, the green. Exactly. <laughs> against the grain with, with some Walmart clippers. And, and when we finally got to the barbershop and we was deciding, oh, what, what's a dog Caesar? Let me see how it looked. Mm-hmm. And we seen it and it's like, yo, we, yo, I could actually have waves now. I can maintain <laughs> my hairstyle. So, that, you know, that was. I could the, do shit with this now. That was the transition from high school to college. And I was like, yo, like. I think I want to get into something like this because the Clippers were still in the house mm-hmm. and I was I was up at school. I got a little set and I started trying it out and I, I liked it because naturally at heart, I'm an artist, you mm-hmm. know? But yeah. That's important to bring up as well too. Yeah. Where did you, when did you start, when did you start drawing, I should say? Like when did you realize you had like artistic talent? Um, I realized my interest in art when I was like real young, like maybe two, three years old. Two, three. Yeah, because, you know, your parents, I'm Jamaican. We both Jamaican. Jamaican. In the summertime, your parents might give you a packet of work to do or give you a book. Like, yo, read a book, no video games. And you sitting there like, damn. Well, I just have you read it out loud to him right there. That's a fact. I used to hate that shit. Watching TV was not a big option in the Jamaican household when you're growing up. And I just picked up a piece of paper instead of picking up a book. And I was just sketching mm-hmm. when other people, they'd probably be reading or whatever. But I was sketching and I figured out art was something else for me. Every year after that, when I was in school, like it, it just came out even more. Mm-hmm. So I was just, I was always in the art class, always trying to be at the top of the art class, excelling. I was always getting A's in art. So. That's that's where that came from. So when you started drawing when you were younger, did, did your parents give any resistance? Was there any pushback? Like where they forced you to say, "Oh, nah, Snow, you gotta read, you gotta do this, you gotta do that." Um, there was no instead of being an artist. I don't think there was a real pushback. They kind of just let me do my own thing, and a lot of my artwork was secretive. Mm. So I so would, they didn't even know you was an artist. They they didn't really know until I would show them stuff from art class. Like I'll be doodling in the back of my notebooks or having a sketch pad, and I'll be using the sketch pad while they was at work. So it was never straight up, like yo. Here's my artwork, mom and dad. It was like after a couple of months, I showed them something big. Do you think? Do you think you were hiding your artwork because they, they probably wouldn't accept it, or was it just like a personal thing for you, a personal escape for you? No, I felt like um, it was just something I wanted to keep private. I, I'm a I found out I was a perfectionist. Excuse me, mm-hmm. found out I was a perfectionist at a young age, and I didn't want to show anybody anything until I felt like it was acceptable. Like, the dimensions of whatever I was doing was mm-hmm. on par. Like, that's why even sometimes, like, my haircuts, like, if I feel like something's not right, I'm going to sit there and try to fix it. You know what I'm saying? Until it looks as perfect as, perfect as I as possible. possibly could make it. All right, so from a young age, you realized you was an artist, right? And then after that, let's, let's, let's just to paint the timeline. Around two, three, you realized you was an artist, and then your, your step pops will continuously give you these bad cuts from about... <laughs> from the time you started growing hair up until high school. Yeah. So then that culminates into you saying, yo, I'm an artist... These clippers are around. Let me see what I could do with these clippers. When was the first time you actually gave somebody a haircut? Gave someone a haircut. So that's even before um college. I in the crib we had the clippers, so mm-hmm. we was giving each other. <laughs> yeah, I just experiments with you. Yeah, yeah, like not even experiment. Like by this time we knew what we was doing. Like yeah. oh, we needed a, a little chop down. And this for, is around what eighth grade around, around there. Yeah, I say about 13th. like seventh, eighth grade, and when we really picked 12, up the clippers 13. and tried. Yeah, mm-hmm. 12, 13 years old. Yeah. And then okay, so you started you started cutting hair around 12, 13 years old. When did it get consistent? Like when were you consistently cutting niggas' hair? Like when were people able to say, "I snoke it, snoke a cut hair." I can rely on snow to get a haircut. I'm not going front freshman year of um college. College. Freshman so all throughout year. high school, how often were you cutting? I mean, I wasn't. I was. It was just like 
every couple of weeks on like a, a Sunday morning or a mm-hmm. Saturday night, we, we had to get right for church or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But you would always run to the Clippers and say, all right, you got to get right. Let me try it out first. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. All right, so paint the picture. You get to Albany. You bring your Clippers up to Albany. And how did you like establish yourself on campus as the barber, Snow the Barber? Okay, so originally it wasn't no Snow the Barber or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. just, I was just thinking, okay, let me give my man's a shape up before the party or before we go to this mixer or whatever. Because freshman year, everything was about making moves. Facts. So Facts. me, I already had an extensive network in Albany. I want to say extensive, but I knew at least <laughs> a good like 30 people upon Yeah, people you could rely on type shit. Yeah, yeah, like people from my high school. So I had people from my high school living with me and I was trying my hair cuts out on them and, and just oh I need a shape of snow real quick alright mm-hmm. let me give you a lineup oh chop it down a little bit okay let me give you a dark Caesar and, and I was time, learning was it, was it free or were you charging them oh I was I was charging okay. I, I mean but I wasn't was it I was a charge and charge, and it was like... Well, some calm shit, because it's like, yo, I'm not OD nicety yet, but yeah. I can do it. I'm the only nigga I could come to, so... Exactly. And it wasn't even I was the only dude. I was just convenient, and that's what I built my business on when I was in Albany. Convenience, being on campus and being decent. That was me. That is true, because I remember the first time I got a haircut from you on campus, it was on F. Mm-hmm. And prior to me coming to F, we would have to always travel downtown to Bricks. Mm-hmm. And at the time, niggas was broke freshman year. It's no, it's no, it ain't no, yeah. ain't no secret we was broke. Niggas was head cracking us to go downtown. So mm-hmm. when we came on campus and you realized you could find an affordable barber on campus, that was clutch for us. So how how do you like as a barber? You, now you're freshman year, freshman year of college. You're cutting people's hair. When do you start to realize you're getting better at this and this is something that you can actually rely on, or this is a craft? Or how or how? Or I should say, excuse me, <clears throat> this is a craft that I actually like and I want to improve on this craft instead of it just being a convenience thing. That's what happened over my um my first summer. So my freshman year going into my sophomore year, mm-hmm. there was people still hitting me up about cuts when I got back to the town. And I'm like, yo, like I, I didn't think it was that serious yeah. because I was using regular clippers. But then I was like, you know, maybe this year I should invest in getting my own clippers. I was going into the barber shops and talking to my barber about Yo, what what's the best I, I could use or what's the most efficient, the fastest clippers that I could use to get to the same result? And he mm-hmm. was telling me and, and putting me on to different ways and secrets and techniques that I could use. So he was pretty open school. when you first asked him about like being a barber and of like, course. how he could help you he was open he about wanted it. Me, he wanted me to be a barber. Because oftentimes, the reason why I asked that, oftentimes you you go to somebody who's in this like same professional, same field that you want to get into, ask them for help and niggas would be closed off. Because they feel like you're about to come take their spot. Right. So, I don't think it was more that I could take their spot. It was more so, it was a flattering feeling. Like, when you're an entrepreneur and you're you're a master at your craft mm-hmm. and someone comes to you and, and asking you questions about how you got to that point or what they should do to take steps to get to that point. Yeah. That's a flattering feeling and it's also a, a position where you can mentor someone. So, I'm big into talking to people and letting people know what's up and letting them know the different lanes that they can have in life. So I felt like I felt like it, it, it's interesting to go pull up to a barbershop and talk to someone who's been doing it for a while mm-hmm. and getting the two cents. And it's somebody you could trust. Exactly. Someone that's going to help guide you. That's, that was my new mentor, the person who I went to in the barbershop. Is he still your mentor to this day? I wouldn't say mentor. I would say someone who I could go chop it up he's still, with. He's still contact. You know what I'm saying? That's Obviously, valid. yeah. I probably see him today. So, <laughs> so, all right, so... This is this freshman year, you get your first clip is summer of freshman year. Come back to school sophomore year now. Did you see like the traffic and the amount of people the amount of hair you were cutting it? But did that increase a little bit? Like were you were you starting to gain more tick on campus? Of of course. Like before I came back sophomore year, I said to myself, if I'm gonna come back, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna come back dry. I'm gonna come back cutting hair because I already invested in my crap. So I was creating little flyers, like little 
notes flyers or little promotional little promotional promotions articles. I could do and tag the new Albany classes, put it inside the Albany Facebook mm-hmm. so I can maximize the amount of clients I was coming back to. Remind the people who I was cutting, those people were telling their friends that were coming in as freshmen or transferring in mm-hmm. and I was just getting That's how I found out about you through, through, um, through Shanice. Exactly. She was a transfer. She knew about you and then she put me on. And that's what it was too. Girls was getting their guy friends. You know what I'm saying? They was sending people to me. So I was getting... Word of mouth is very important. Facts. It's crazy though. It's crazy you said people was putting you on. Now that I think about it, I don't know anybody prior to my time, of course, in Albany like that, that was putting people on to you, but I'm jacking that I gave you the most customers. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm jacking it. Um, I'm jacking you gave me the most consistent... <laughs> group of clientele as far as people coming in on a weekly basis wanting some type of shape up or, or enhancement cut, of some sort something you yeah know by saying? the time we found out about you it was over you was all barber mm-hmm. niggas wasn't about to travel that time every day for that mm-hmm. so all right so sophomore year you got more cuts you, you um you get more confident in his craft when did you yourself feel like i right, i'm good enough to compete with other people to compete with other barbers to, to, to go to these big barber conventions to start networking with other people did, was it a point where you realized I, I'm more confident in my craft I can go do this or was it, were you always at a point where it was like yo I, I want to network with anybody I want to reach out I want to meet more people in, in barber in the barbering world see when I was in school barbering wasn't my main goal mm-hmm Word, was, talk, was, I forgot about that. Let's talk about that. What was your main goal when you were in Albany? Like, my, what was your professional goal? Like, you were in college. What were you trying to? What kind of career were you trying to pursue? Right. I I always been creative, so I always been working with my hands, building stuff and putting stuff together. Um, I always like arts and crafts. But at first, when I stepped into college, I wanted to be a biomedical engineer, and make prosthetic limbs. But I kind of threw that to the wayside after I got into college and realized that oh, you you might need a certain GPA or you mm-hmm. might need to hit a certain um, criteria to be able to do so, and I didn't feel like I was meeting that within my first two years of college. Yeah, once niggas gave me GPA requirements for certain things, I just I was like, ah, right, it's quiet. Exactly. Then I changed my goals to become a, a nurse and anesthetist. What's, and that, what's that? That's that's someone who um helps with anesthesiology. That's a nurse that helps inside, you know, the right surgery. before surgery and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, okay, exactly. They're they're more like certified to be helping out with the doctor. Wait, why did you? What made you want to do that particular type of nursing? I was looking at pay grades. I was looking at. I was <laughs> so you chasing? At, you clearly just chasing the bag. I was chasing the bag, and and only because I would hear things like, "Yo, anesthesiologists make three hundred thousand a year," and I'm sitting here like, "Yo, damn, I want, I want to supersede that. I want to be able to make half a mil." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In one year after taxes and after taxes, and, and I started realize. I actually found out the other day that there's a barber out here. Not out here, but his name is Wade the Barber. Shout out to him. Mm-hmm. He made half a mil this year or doing hair units. And that's something, that's a, that's a whole another cosmetology um, aspect of, of cutting hair where you're actually giving, giving back faith, giving back structure to, to people's hairlines. <laughs> to niggas who just don't have it anymore. Yeah, you building confidence. That's what barbers do. They build confidence. That's a fact. People come in, oh, I'm not looking too That's good right now. I got an interview. Yo, hit it on the head. I, I, I got events to go to. I'm going to be seen by people. I'm going to be in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 we're restoring that faith in people. We're restoring that belief that, yo, like, I, I look good. Like, it's a fact. I can get any bitch in this room. I mean, exactly. Right I can get any girl you know what I'm in this room. So, right now. so, our job, I feel like, is a very important job. And I feel like when I was going through school, I wasn't thinking about would I love my job or whether it was important or not. I was thinking about the pay grade. Mm-hmm. But when I started to realize that you can get paid the same amount 
doing something that you actually love. Doing something that you actually love and and putting your energy into that and being your own boss that you know I I just kind of gave it was into priceless. it. I gave into it after my senior year and I graduated and I realized that the people around me, the barbers I was around me was doing it. They was making at certain criteria mm-hmm. to over 200k and I was like I could get there. You know why? Because I got a mentor right next to me who's doing way better than me mm-hmm. who could show me the ropes. And you already proved to yourself throughout the throughout your Albany experience that I can make a certain amount of money. Like you already you've already seen a, a consistent yeah. cash flow. I, so I, I, was, I was, was able I was able to pay for my first car. You know what I'm saying? Just, Shout out to that. I always jacked that I've helped you pay for the car. <laughs> <laughs> nah, if, yo, it's it's funny because I think about I'm like, yo, I can't I couldn't be the person I am today without my clients and the people who helped mm-hmm. me along the way. No matter if you used to pull up every week to you pulling up once a year mm-hmm. to you it, it don't matter because you helped along my journey. You helped me grow as far as learning how to cut your type of hair texture. To be able to communicate with you and That's figure out what you want, you know what I'm saying the different styles that people want. When I was in when I was in college. People used to pull up to me and be like, "Yo, let me get a South of France." What Did the fuck I? Is a South of France? That, that's that's like a burst fade over the edge. You leave. Wait, what's back. a burst fade? A bur- that's what's the difference between a burst fade <laughs> and a regular fade? Hold on. Burst fade come from behind the edge. It's more of a, a circular start. You know what I'm saying? And it's like a burst, like like. Oh, a so blast. for example, you know how people be having like I don't want to call it a mohawk, mm-hmm. but the head where or is, is that a mullet where it's like the head is all right here and just at the back and right. like the, the sides is faded into some circular shit? Yeah, that's like a burst that's, fade? that's a burst fade. That's a South of Never France cut. Never knew that. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of thing. Usher <laughs> had that cut. Jokes. And it was hot back in like 2014 to 2016. And I was doing a lot of those. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely, that was a that was a cut that challenged that me. That was around the time where a lot of niggas was getting like the um like the little quote unquote hot top fades a little bit. Exactly. Like niggas just fade the side. Exactly. Remember that. Yeah, man. But it's it, like I, I always shout out all my clients because without them, I wouldn't be trying out different stuff. And to cut in the college culture, you the pressure is on because as soon as they leave, it's like, yo, someone gonna have something to say about that cut. You right. feel me? You, you, the college culture is so close knit that you could walk outside. You could be in class with your client. You know what I mean? <laughs> you could, you could be taking a test right next to your client. Like you could, you going out and you partying with your clients the same night. Like, right? It's, it's really a. It, it was an intense feeling because I'm sitting here like, yo, I, I got your image on lock. I have to have your image on lock or else. People know, you know so, so you felt more pressure to perform while you were in college because, like you said, it was such a close knit environment. Everybody oh, no. knew this person was leaving snow. Oh, I feel pressure to perform all the time, and that's a good thing because it should. You should never feel too comfortable. Mm-hmm. You should never get too comfortable with your client. You know what I'm saying? You should always be on point. When we talking about being on time, when we talking about keeping the haircut on point, that's a given. Mm-hmm. We talking about making sure that they get out in a responsible amount of time that they get what they need from the service and they feel like you put your all into your work so that i feel like that that's a part of professionalism and making sure you do things step by step the right way so i feel like that's very important that's a fact it's, I, I, you, you brought up being on point putting your all into your work and i don't know of course probably, majority i probably never saw snow give a haircut but anytime you pull up a nigga in the barbershop he's locked in this <laughs> nigga that really say much nobody why he, why he got his clippers on some on a head but i wanted to ask a quick question because i noticed you brought up that when you were in college that was the first time you experiment with different hair textures mm-hmm. right so when was the first time like somebody of a different hair texture pulled up when you asked you to get a cut were you nervous was it was it a big challenge for you how'd you get over that i had a couple 
straight hair clients. I had I had um a couple like straight hair clients that I was really confused about at first because mm-hmm. thinking about it, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm letting my mind psych me out. Yo, their hair is longer than ours. I guess it fades different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I need a different guard to attack this hair. I don't even know how to use scissors yet. I wasn't educated through barber school. I was educated through YouTube University. <laughs> like Yo, you we, get a lot of YouTube. <laughs> you get a lot of YouTube, but you don't get the experience, the hands, the hands experience on experience until you encounter it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I could have played with mannequins. I didn't even know they existed. I was so blind to the barber world that I was just putting my clippers on anything because I just wasn't scared. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing that a lot of people had. They had fear in their heart about trying new things and feeling, and overall just in feeling. I personally said to myself. Yo, I could cut anybody's hair. I wasn't gonna turn nobody away. That was lunch money. You know what I'm saying? Right. That was that was a bottle for that the was weekend. A, that was a bottle for the weekend. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was money that I could save up and buy some new clippers. So I'ma take on the challenge. And I would tell my clients, listen, like I got someone in the chair right now. It might take me a little longer than usual, but I'm gonna get right to you because mm-hmm. there's always a line. So I was. I was pretty much taking that chance, and it, it wasn't it wasn't too bad at first. Obviously, it was like a simple buzz cut, trying to find out the lengths of the guards with the hair. Mm-hmm. But then it came down to fading, and I was confused because I wasn't a master fader. You know what I'm saying? I was I won't even say I'm a master fader now. Like mm-hmm. I could fade hair, I could blend some <laughs> hair. You know what I'm saying? I could blend some hair. But you wouldn't call yourself a master. But fader. I wouldn't call myself a master fader. What, what would it take for you to be a master fader? More hours. I feel like more hours, more experience, just to keep everything. You know what I'm saying? I don't in know the, line. I don't, the, the the blend is pretty clean now, though. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. see. Maybe I'm looking at it from a different perspective with different eyes. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. I'm a perfectionist. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm gonna try to correct everything until everything looks good, as perfect as, as it possibly can, as perfect as it possibly can. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to pick at everything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like when I do an art piece, I do a, a painting. I'm looking at, I'm like, yo. This joint look good, but uh, I, feel like, I feel like I could have blended that a little better or, or, or outlined this a little better or mm. added this in. After the fact, I look at a lot of my pieces that's hanging on my walls at home, and I'm like, yo, maybe I should add a little something to it. Nah, let me leave it how it is because that's how I wanted it to be back then. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I was when I was doing tape-ups back freshman year, I'm, looking, I'm like, yo, okay, this look all right. If I look back at them now... How could you I probably, change You that? probably wouldn't even want to look you know at them You know what I'm saying? Now. Those were stepping stones. I was yeah. not, I wasn't a master fader then. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, we changing the game by we getting education. I'm educating myself on how to do multiple things. And I've gotten to the point where I feel like, yo, my my joints is pretty, pretty good. Like, my joints is pretty elite enough so, to be posting up. With that being said, you felt like there was a point in time where you were cutting and you just didn't feel like your shit was good enough to even post? Because as long as I knew you've been posting your cuts. Exactly. I've been posting my cuts, but it would be maybe one out of a hundred cuts. And I'm going to leave it right at that because I do I do a decent amount of haircuts in a week's time. And I probably take like three photos that I'd like to post. Mm-hmm. I got so much hidden photos on my, my phone. That just don't, see, my that just don't see the light of day. That don't see the light of day. And it's not because they're not good cuts. It's just because... I don't feel like it's time to post it. I don't feel mm-hmm. like it's time for y'all to see it. But at the same time, no matter what I post, people's going to like. You know what I'm saying? People may not like it. You know what I'm saying? Not, people may not like it. People may not pull up. But if it hits the gram, I feel like it's something that people will like. 
And that's something that I feel like I want to back away from in this new year coming up, 2019. Back away from what exactly? Posting on the gram or? No, back away from not posting. I want to just flood the gram with everything that I'm doing. It's crazy because I was telling myself that this morning. Like, I hate having to, like, post on Instagram all the time, but I'm realizing more and more how much I need Instagram. And it's just, like, at this point, figuring out how yeah. I can use it to my advantage. But just having to be on that shit at the 24-7 be blowing my mind. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, I, I'm not going front. Um... Being on Instagram on a daily basis, like it drains you. It takes a lot out of the your morning. Sometimes you may wake up in the morning and you like, yo, what's the first thing you gonna do? You gonna get up and brush your teeth, or you gonna check the notifications? Like this times, I feel like like this times, I feel like I'm missing shit from like actual life. Yeah, I just always be on my phone. Yeah. So I try not to even be on it. And exactly. now I'm realizing like, yo, I have to be on it. Like uh, from a business perspective. Being on the gram, use it for business. It's a marketplace. Word. It's, 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 a, it's, a, a, marketplace. it's, a, it's a huge marketplace, and I, it's definitely something that helped my business. It's something that's helped my business from that first time I put up a flyer, mm-hmm. put up a picture. People hit me up in the DM, calling me, texting me, and, and getting in contact just because they want a specific service. So that has always helped me, but don't let it take over your life. Like <laughs> it's, all, it's all about balance, like everything yeah. else in life. Don't let right, it take a few more questions. I know you got to get out of here soon. Mm-hmm. So, w- one thing: when you were in college, right, and you were cutting here and you were doing artwork, you still had to focus on your actual classes, of course. Was there what? At what point in your experience at Albany were you saying, "Yo, I don't even really give a fuck about the school shit. Like, I'm just more so focused on being an entrepreneur and, and focusing on being a better artist and a better barber." At what point did that conflict arise where it was like, "Yo, I don't even know if I want to still be in school." See, that wasn't a conflict for me. I. I when I start things, I try to finish them. Mm-hmm. I try my best to finish them. So when when I was in school, it wasn't like, oh, let me just cop out and just dip a year early. I actually enrolled in a whole nother university, well, another college. I was at Hudson Valley and SUNY Albany at the same time. Mm-hmm. Shout out to SUNY Albany for blackmailing me to <laughs> drop one of my classes so I could move off of Empire. So because I dropped my class, I had to pick up had the to other pick up class the at, Hudson, at, at another at university. Because I didn't want to stay on Empire, but shout out to them for blackmailing me off the, um, <laughs> off campus. I was living off campus my last year, um, my last semester. So shout out to them. But yeah, I, I never lost sight in my education. I, mm-hmm. I always wanted to still go for the nursing goal until I graduated and I realized that, listen, I'm going to give myself six months to do this barber thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to see how it goes back home in the city. I'm going to rebrand myself, rebuild myself and mm-hmm. see where it goes. And I took uh, six months, and then it, it got to be a year, and I said to myself, yo, I'm not going to enroll in no school because guess what? My student loans is damn near paid off, and I'm chilling right now. And I'm happy. And I'm I happy. Like, I like what I'm doing right now. Why, I like why, what I'm why doing. go be a nurse? You know what I'm saying? Why, why go back to school and, and, and raise my debt again and, and mess with my credit when I could ha- be financially free and and definitely probably buy a crib or something and... And maybe flip a house or, mm-hmm. or, or you know, get a this, job. This, this, or, I feel like there's endless possibilities you know when, you, when, you, when, you, like, when you're an entrepreneur compared to you having to be in school. And not, not to knock anybody that's in school or anybody yeah. pursuing that lifestyle, but it's just like you got to figure out what works for you. Yeah. You just got to figure and, out what and works And I cannot you. knock anybody who's still in school chasing their dream or whatever because it's like when you're chasing your dream and, and you're doing it through education, you just have to have that faith that you'll be able to pay that back. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's dead what it comes down to. Yeah, you. you That's really what it comes faith. down to. Like you really gotta have the faith to know. I, right, 
I'm a hundred thousand dollars in the hole, but I'm I'm gonna pay that off at some point. In exactly, life. like like a hundred thousand dollars is not too steep for me to accumulate and pay off. I know people a hundred thousand in debt. You know, what I'm saying people very close to me. That's a hundred thousand in debt or more. And I'm sitting here like, damn, like I was able to, by the grace of God, pay off all my student loans by now mm-hmm. and to be able to build positively towards my future, whether it's me trying to get my own establishment, me trying to get my own house, me trying to build and invest in things that can help with wealth in the future. So how did your parents react when you told them, yo, I'm I'm not about to go for this nursing shit. Like, I just want to be a barber and an artist. Oh, I just showed them the, um, the chicken I was making. <laughs> I showed him the bread I was making. That answered all the questions, no doubts. And 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 I mean, I don't like to just talk about the money. It's not about the money. I I showed them how I was feeling when I woke up in the morning, mm-hmm. how I was running to work, how I was coming home after they was coming home. I was putting in the hours, and they was looking at me, and it was like, yo, this guy is kind of glowing right now. I, th- I think I think with the older generation, they they're more so focused on money, mm-hmm. and it's not and it's. When you think about it, they didn't have a choice but to focus on money. You feel me? Like, a lot of us come from immigrant homes where it's like our parents were the first generation of our family in this mm-hmm. country. So, the niggas ain't have the luxury to be like, yo, I want to do what I like. Mm-hmm. They just had to find a way to get a bag. And once they find a way to get a bag, they were able to then have us and then move on from life. And I think they're passing that those same sentiments down to us, but it's a different time now. Like, y'all bust y'all ass. Y'all, y'all built the foundation for us so we could take a couple of risks, so we could kind of chase what we like, so that y'all don't have to work anymore. But, you know... Dealing with West Indian parents, it's not always as cut and dry as that. But yeah, it's it's pretty black and white for them. Though. Right, they they say to themselves, "I want my child to be a doctor, a lawyer." You know, what I'm saying someone because it's all about money. But it's who, like yo, when you think about it, not to again, that's knocking anybody's being a doctor or a lawyer. I just feel like those are positions, those are professions you should go go after if you genuinely want to be a doctor, if you genuinely exactly. want to be a lawyer. If you're trying to chase a bag, I wouldn't recommend you trying to be a doctor or a lawyer because it just wouldn't financially it just wouldn't make sense. I know folks that's, um, that's working in the hospital right now. They stomach is sick from from all the things that they see. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, they they still learning to hold down. They they stomach if they, they don't have the stomach for it. Like I don't feel like it's something you should force yourself to do. If you weak after you your, your session or you being inside the operating room, like I don't feel like that's a place you should be because that puts your your professionalism at risk. Because of how your body reacts to seeing certain things, and obviously it's a training session or a training process before you get there. That's why there's so much time in school right. and education you need to right. receive. But you putting yourselves in an awkward position. I'm, I always say to myself, Yo, would I be comfortable being around the operating table? Because that's where I was headed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I look and I say to myself, Am I comfortable being at my job and and doing the services I do, the haircuts and everything else? And I'm pretty comfortable in what I do. You know what I'm saying? Not not saying that I'm comfortable in doing everything, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying that coming to work on a daily basis, I, I feel prepared. I feel like this is really what I want to do, and I, I like that feeling. All right, so two last questions. One, what's up with the artwork? I haven't seen you doing any artwork recently. Are you still, not, of course, you're still drawing, but like, what's, what's your goals with the art? Right now with the artwork, Maybe I haven't promoted it as much as I should because I know I haven't updated my page. Mm-hmm. But with the artwork, I'm doing a lot of graphics, a lot of graphic work on the low. I'm building my skill with doing graphic art. Mm-hmm. As far as drawing, I could I could bust out a drawing at any point in time. As far as painting, it only takes for me to grab a paintbrush. But 
I'm trying to build my skill. For the past year, I've been doing that. I've been doing graphics for Tia NYC. Shout out to them. That's mm -hmm. a clothing did you, brand. Did you drop the um, out here? A line of clothes this past Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And 15. I was, I, I had created some pieces on that. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? As, as far as like the artwork goes, definitely. Um, Yo, you said you created the um, the, what you call it? The shit called. Oh yeah, the, the I, I didn't, I didn't I spark the inspiration for the crest. The crest, should, yeah. But. I redid the crest in the in the hard. design process. That shit is hard. You know what I'm saying? Like I always give my respect to the creators of that brand. They always do their thing. I'm here as the one of the creative well minds, like one of the artists for the brand. So mm -hmm. I try to keep everything kosher. Um, but definitely Tia NYC. Shout out to them. They. Yo, the, we got a lot of heat coming up for 2019. <laughs> you know, I'm happy to say that we had a lot of heat this year and we had a lot of heat the year before <laughs> and we're going to keep pushing with that. But the artwork, I would love to say that I keep everything pretty much under wraps now because I can't show everybody what I'm doing mm -hmm. because I'm working for other people. Makes so, sense. So as far as personal work for myself, and that's one thing I want to work on in 2019 is having my own style of thing. You know what I'm saying? Instead of doing so many commissions, creating my own style of artwork where I could sell and people can know, oh, yo, that's Snow. That's his work. Oh, so I see you. So instead of you recreating the painting for somebody, mm -hmm. have your, I see you saying, have exactly. your own style. Which or just have, you see how people could come up to me and be like, yo, Snow, I need you to do a varsity jacket. I need you to do a mural for me. Right. I need you to do a painting, do a repaint. Like I want to have my own style where it's just like, oh, I don't, I just want to buy that. Like, let me cop that off you. Like, that's what you putting out. I like that mm -hmm. series of work. I want to, I want to have series of work this year, and for for future years. That's that's what I want to do with my artwork. So I'm rebranded in that in the, in the art department. department. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, I'm looking forward to your own style of work. And one last question: Any advice that you would give to anybody who wants to pursue an entrepreneurial lifestyle? Any general advice you would give them? Anything specific? That you want to give them or something that you wish you knew going into becoming an entrepreneur um get with people who know more about what you're trying to get into get with your teacher get with a mentor you know what i'm saying get with someone who could show you the pathway and that you may have to pay to get that information don't be afraid to invest in your education. You may have to just work with them for free. At all. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you got to do, get in there because they will show you the steps it takes and they will plug you in. Mm -hmm. They will help build your network and with you putting your effort in, like, there's no way you could lose. Like, a lot of people say, yo, Snow, like, how, how, how'd you get to the position where you got to? Mm -hmm. Like, how'd you, how'd you know that this was for you? One, I, I didn't second guess it. I just kind of went for and, and you felt you had a feeling you, just went, a feeling. you just went after I, it. I jumped on it. I wasn't too hesitant. Even now, like I see what hesitation can do. You wait a week on something. You wait two weeks on something. You two weeks behind where you originally had that thought, and now you may be far further away from that thought, and and that may not allow you to succeed into the business that you wanted to get into because right. you stalling on yourself. But if you're sitting like, yo, you know, this is my plan for the week. I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy this tool. I'm going to seek this class and this education. I'm going to put those together by the weekend. And I'm going to see how it turns out by the next week, Sunday. And then we're going to work on it for Monday. And then we're going to implement it in the shop for Wednesday. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then we're just going to keep pushing from Wednesday for actually doing it. And then after a month, I, I feel comfortable enough to put it on promo. Now I got it on promo. Now more people are coming to get that one service. Mm -hmm. Now I just got that joint rolling. Now it's a part of my menu. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So... 
So definitely seek out education. See, seek out education from people who you aspire to be like and talk to them. See what their journey's like and don't be afraid to invest your money because, yo, I, I'm not going to front. I, I invested a lot into the barber game. Like just this year, I would say I invested maybe a good like 10000 like just investing, ten bands, yeah, like like ten thousand. See when you when you when you're really passionate about what you're doing, there's no hesitation yeah. in investing yourself yeah, and investing. There's your brand. N- there's no hesitation. Like and I'm not talking about investing my time. I'm talking about taking trips to different areas, taking classes, going to shows, like making sure that I'm on point in the area, like making sure that I'm meeting and networking and and. My time away from the shop, I always count that as money too because I could be still in the shop making money. Right. But I'm spending it a different way. You feel me? Right. Like any day that someone who's an entrepreneur is spending away from their job or from working, they're spending money. And they're not making the money that they should have been making in that time. So there's always that added value to, you know what I'm saying? Like, or they're just using that. Or they're using that, that off day to invest that time into yeah, uh, into their crap. yeah, like and and think about it. Like say, say it's a Saturday or something. Mm-hmm. Let's say on a Saturday, I averagely make. You know what I'm saying, uh, let's say I make like three hundred dollars for Saturday. You know what I'm saying for, Saturday. for a Saturday. Comp Saturday. Um, and I I take that Saturday and I say, you know, I'm gonna fly out to to L.A. so I could go to a barber convention. You now lost that three hundred dollars that you would have made. You spent three hundred dollars on mm-hmm. your round trip. And the time that you spend in there and then on a Sunday. Build some new connections. You build a new connections. But Learn you also, new things about, about you the barber world as well, You too. also spend in more money. So now you, you, you spent about, let's say, $1,000 that weekend investing in yourself. I'm about to say, I, would, yeah, I'm about to say that. I wouldn't even call it spending. You know I'm saying? like, it's an investment at yeah, the end of the day. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's, you're spending on that investment in yourself because now you, you sacrifice so you can get ahead. So that one thousand dollars that you might have expended in that weekend mm-hmm. might come back three times, <laughs> you know, in in the next week. Right, you just said something important too. Learn. Said you sacrifice so you get ahead. A lot of people yeah, want yeah. shit to happen overnight. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a long game. It's a it's marathon. A, it's a, it's a marathon, and yo, this is like year six for me being self declared as a barber. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it, it feel good to to be. I'm not. I'm gonna even say I'm. I I'm not big in the game. I'm not big in the game yet. I'm trying to build myself to get bigger and bigger. And it's a blessing to see that I've stuck with something for six, for six years. years. Like, that's that's a good feeling. Right. So, ideally, 10 years from now, where do you see yourself as a barber? <laughs> <laughs> 16 years into the game. 10 years from now, yo, I- it's a lot. It's a lot that I want to say. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you, you don't got to reveal your plans. Yeah, you, you keep it close to your chest if you yeah, want. Man, yeah, I respect it. Yeah, you got you to keep some of that stuff tucked <laughs> in. There's a lot that I want to say, man. But it's definitely, yo, big, big things I have for my future. I'm, I'm just thinking about, man. It's a lot. Where can the people find you? Plug your, plug your, your art pages, your barber pages in the shop. Um, You can find me on Instagram at snow underscore the barber. That's T-H-E-B-A-R-B-E-R. Um... A lot of people say dub barber like DA, but it's dub barber. Um, and my my second Instagram is designed by Snow. Pretty much that's my art Instagram. You can find me on there. You can email me from there um, and send your commission requests, even though I'm trying to back off those right now. But um, also, you can find me on Twitter, same handle, Snow underscore the barber. I chat a lot on there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much my handles, man. And you can definitely follow Tia NYC, find them on the gram, and cap some clothes. It's a fact. Snow, always a pleasure. Yeah.
right, guys, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the King Bentley Podcast. It was greatly appreciated. Make sure you continue to spread the word and um, share the podcast with your friends and neighbors and close family members and things of that nature. Don't forget to subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, and on Google Play. I'll catch y'all next week. That's it for the King Bentley Podcast.